Hey, friends and neighbors. What's going on? Uh, comedy dates I got coming up. JoeRogan.net forward slash tour. That's where all of them are listed. The next big one that I have tickets that are for sale is May 12th, and that is at the Verizon Wireless Center in Dallas, Texas. And that's with, uh, actually, excuse me, whoa, I burped, uh, Grand Prairie, Texas, just outside of Dallas. That's with Ian Edwards and Tony Hinchcliffe. Should be a grand old time. And uh, July 7th at the Ka Theater at the MGM in Las Vegas, Nevada. Good times. Uh, JoeRogan.net forward slash tour for all that information. All right, all right. This episode is brought to you by Onnit.com. This and all of them. Onnit is a total human optimization company, and what we provide is all sorts of tools and uh, information and inspiration to get your shit together. And by tools, what I mean is like strength and conditioning equipment, things that promote functional strength, like Functional strength means not just like strength in one particular activity, like, you know, being able to bench press or something like that, but something that works your entire body that enhances athletic performance. Um, I'm a big proponent of that. I think that's the best way to, to work out for most people when you're talking about like something that directly translates to performance in jujitsu, martial arts, and e even sports. I feel like full body exercises are the best. It's a big part of what we do at Onnit. Our, our kettlebells are the best you can buy, battle ropes, steel clubs, all that kind of shit. And we also have an Onnit Academy. This is like one of the big parts of what Onnit does is we have a link on our website, the Academy link. Um, that's filled with hundreds of free articles that anybody can access right now on exercises, on diet, on strength and conditioning routines, on uh, exercise physiology, uh, different workouts of the day, all kinds of great shit. And then on top of that, there's an actual academy itself, which is in Austin, Texas, an amazing gym, state-of-the-art equipment. It also has 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu and now Bang Muay Thai. That's all in Austin, Texas. Um, so go to on it, check out all the stuff. I could talk forever about it, but you get a good sense of what the company is all about from the Academy link. And, uh, all of our supplements are as good as is humanly possible to produce. That is what we're interested in. We're direct to consumer, you know, through the internet. That's the, the bulk of our business. And what we're interested in is providing people with the best possible supplements that we find very beneficial <clears throat> and that can be scientifically proven. Um, especially Alpha Brain, which is the cognitive enhancing formula. We have did not one, but two double-blind placebo-controlled studies at the Boston Center for Memory that showed improvement in verbal memory, processing speed, and peak alpha flow state. All those, uh, the, the results are available at onnit.com. Use the code word ROGAN, and you'll save 10% off any and all supplements. <coughs> Excuse me. We're also brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is a very cool company that is sending you in a styrofoam cooler with little ice packs in there all of the ingredients for delicious meals along with photographic step-by-step -step instructions that are super easy to follow um, and everything in the proper proportion so there's no waste. And it's fucking delicious. Stuff like spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salada. You're like, but Joe, I'm really clumsy and I don't know anything about food. I can't make it. You can. All you have to do is follow instructions. 
It's easy. Open packet number one, put it in there. Open package number two, put that in there. Do it like this. Here's the picture. Simple stuff. You can create sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. A host of delicious meals. They have vegetarian and vegan options if you're into that. And the food is all fantastic. The seafood is all sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. And the produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. I eat it. It is delicious. You will enjoy it. It's easy to make. It's for less than 10 bucks a meal. And you can get it done in 40 minutes or less. Come on, folks. And Blue Apron has a freshness guarantee. It promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com forward slash Rogan. That's blueapron.com forward slash Rogan to get some yummy, delicious food and get three meals on the house with free shipping. Come on. Blueapron.com forward slash Rogan. We are also brought to you by, <clears throat> excuse me, we are also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Zip recruiter do you have a job that you need to be filled and you're like i don't know i'm gonna do it this is how you're gonna do it well i'm gonna go to a bunch of different job sites and i'm gonna waste all my time posting nope you don't have to do that with zip recruiter you can post your job to 200 plus job sites including social media networks like facebook and twitter all with a single click if you need to hire somebody most likely you're strapped on resources you don't have the time to be fucking around and going all these different places you can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide, just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Just quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. And you can find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, listeners of this podcast can post on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. That's ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. One more time to try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. My guest today, I have two guests. One is my great friend, Cameron Haynes. You may have heard of him before. He's been on my podcast before. He's a professional bow hunter and also a ultra marathon runner and all around badass. And he's the Kanye West of bow hunting. A lot of people don't know that. What? Uh, and my other guest is Scott Eastwood, son of the great Clint Eastwood, a spitting image for the man. And a uh, very cool guy. He's an actor. He's in uh, Fast and the Furious 8, which comes out April 14th. And uh, we had a great time talking to him. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, Cam actually met with Scott yesterday and got Scott a Hoyt bow. And they did some practicing and they, you know, shooting at some targets and stuff. And then uh, today he sat in with us on the podcast. It was a great time. So give it up for Cam Haynes and Scott Eastwood. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a sweet show today. Cameron Haynes is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Cameron Haynes. What's up? What's up, brother? <laughs> Scott motherfucking Eastwood is in the house. And if you can't see me, it's because I'm wearing this sweet Under Armour camo shirt, and I do tend to blend into the background. So if you get confused and go, Where, why is Joe's head just floating in the air like that? But, it, but if you if you could see it, you'd be you'd notice you look 
jacked in it. Jacked, right? It's tight. Sexy as it's form fitting. <laughs> and I'm peeling it. I'm peeling it. It's a floating head. So uh, Cam's in town. We're shooting bows today, and I know he gave you a bow yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, we we went down to uh, Riverside, uh, Riverside Archery, and uh, to check out. Uh, you know, show me, uh, throw me a, bl- a bow. So that was cool. You had an old, you had an old bow. We yeah. we had an upgrade, didn't we? Yeah. What was yeah. your old bow? It was an old Ross. It was like Ross, probably from like it was Ross dressed for less. Yeah. <laughs> Same company? <laughs> no, no. What's, I didn't. I didn't ever hear. Is Ross an archery company? A big archery company? No, no, no it's small. small. Yeah, it's small. I don't. I don't know. I'm not even sure if they, they still. They probably don't make them anymore. It, this was like a secondhand bow I bought off somebody uh, years ago. So is this uh, something you wanted to do for a while, and somehow or another you got to hold a cam? Uh, I don't remember how we got uh, connected. We, he it was like through to, Instagram. He likes to say I slid him a DM. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> so like going down in the DMs. Some desperate girl. But I think <laughs> I think I mean I, I always put up hunting stuff, obviously, and I think sure. you commented maybe or something. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. So it wasn't like an unsolicited DM. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. hey, I'd like to get to know you a little better. But I think it was. <laughs> Which would have been okay too, you know. If you, you know, it's all good. I mean, it's 2017. Everybody's free to express themselves the way they feel. Yeah. So it's something like that built on, and then we just started archery and, and or talking archery, then hunting. And you know, he he grew up and hunt has hunted and had the bow, and so yeah. He was got done with his movie stuff and was here and thought, hey, let's get together. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. Also, also the public land stuff too. I, you know, been noticing you guys both been talking about yeah. that, and so I was really interested in that. So I started reading up about it, and and I just said, you know, hey, how can I help? How can I get involved? Because this, you know, means a lot to me. I'm a native Californian, and I grew up going to Yosemite, uh, you know, going hunting, going fishing, uh, using the public lands. And so it was really important to me. Uh, you know, my dad was a, a state parks commissioner. Uh, most people don't know that. So when was this? What uh, point in his life? This was this was gotta be before was, he was the mayor. No, of no, Carmel? A, no, no. After this really? Was, <clears throat> yeah, this was after. Uh, so fairly was, recently then. Yeah, probably in the last I would say fifteen years. Wow. I mean, I know he he, he he did it for a while and then got out. Um, but you know, he was he was big in. Um, in the, uh, the, do you remember the toll road going through the, the um, San Clemente? No, I'm not a, aware of that. Yeah, so they, they they were proposing a. This was an Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, was uh, in office, and they were proposing a toll road to go through San Clemente, which goes through uh, Trestles, which is a popular surf break, and uh, he was you know everyone you know got behind it. Um, uh, Surfrider Foundation because they didn't want it because it was going to you know, destroy the wave and ultimately destroy the the national park there. Um, and so you know, he was big on that kind of stuff, and and so I've always been, you know, sort of following his you know, footsteps, saying, "Hey, we gotta we gotta get in front of this problem." Dude, your dad's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> That's <laughs> that so crazy. Yeah. That is so crazy. What is it like? Having Clint Eastwood as a dad, like, what's your dad do? My dad is Clint Eastwood, bitch. <laughs> People just feel like, oh, shit. They just walk away, confused. Like, what happened to me? I just got hit with a rock. <laughs> I mean, and you look like him, man. It's weird. Like, when I'm looking at you, I see your dad, like, yeah. from the old outlaw Josie Wales days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know what's crazy is looking at, at photos uh, of him when he was 12 and I was 12. Uh, you cannot tell the difference. You put them in both in black and white, you can't tell the difference. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. What was it like growing up with him as a dad? When did you realize? Like, holy shit. I think I realized, uh, I'm 31, so I probably realized when I was uh, about eight. I watched Unforgiven. Oh. Yeah. 
He let you watch that when you were eight? <laughs> That's my favorite Clint Eastwood movie ever. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, the High Plains Drifter is right up there, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's hard to lock them down. Sure, sure. But yeah. The Unforgiven is a dark movie, man. Yeah, it's dark. William it's dark. Money. William Money. Killer of Women and Children. <laughs> Ooh, yep. that's a dark movie, man. We all got it coming. Yeah. That's what he says in that one. I love and that. It was like probably one of the most realistic killers, too. Like the way he handled stuff and the way everybody sure. else was like falling apart. Yeah. Like you never saw that in those movies. Well, it was about regret. It was about uh, a life filled of uh, of regret and, and, and filled with, you know, things that you did wrong that you wish you could have, you know, done better. And, um, you know, it was sort of a la- one last ride to you know uh, be to do something better for his kids you know so that, i think that was sort of interesting it was it was sort of a final culmination of all his westerns it really was <laughs> and and almost like he updated them all too yeah because like in the old movies like you'd have cowards and you'd have heroes and stuff like that but in the unforgiven he took it to a totally different level like psychologically you sure. know like even the way he like the switch goes off when he starts drinking and then he starts just fucking murking everybody. Like, the way it was handled, it seemed so yeah. realistic. Yeah. The way everybody would fall apart and gunfights and the uh, way... I gotta watch that again now. <sighs> it's been a while. Yeah. Now, now I'm like, this sounds awesome. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking great movie. I remember seeing it. I remember the movie. I went to see it in the movie theater, and when the credits rolled at the end, I just went like this. <sighs> Whoa! Like, yeah, powerful one. Woo! Yeah, it's an intense movie, man. Fucking intense. So when you're eight, you figured it out? Like, that right movie? Ar- right, right around then, yeah. I remember it's, uh, watching it. I'm not sure if I watched it with him or, or shortly after he made it. Um, and just thinking, you know, that is the coolest thing. And I want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I be in movies. I want to tell stories like that. Wow. How, yeah. So how many, and you have brothers and sisters. And so how mm-hmm. did all that work uh yeah i've got a, i've got a few sisters <laughs> my dad was a, a busy guy uh, <laughs> how many kids in the family uh well how, how many wives uh, yeah let's just go with that there's uh there's he's only had two wives but he's had a few a few girlfriends a few different uh, babies mamas yeah <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you live with him i or? did i did yeah. uh i would bounce back and forth i lived mm-hmm. with my mom uh i lived with my mom in california until it was about uh seven or eight and then i lived uh then we then she moved she packed up this is kind of around the time when they split was your mom an actress too no 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 no. she was uh, just a normal person yeah flight attendant uh she had two kids with my dad and uh we we she packed up i think when they sort of split and she moved to hawaii she had lived there uh when she was a lot younger and so she had always loved hawaii and so i had gone to uh hawaii to live uh probably from about uh, eight to about 16 wow yeah and then I ultimately moved back with my dad uh, for the, like the last couple years of high school, and so yeah, it was it was an interesting upbringing, right? I mean, you know, one hand I was you know with my dad for for some time, and when I was in Hawaii uh, living there, and you know, I don't know if you know anything about Hawaii as a, as a white boy growing up, uh, you're you're the minority. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a lot of um, a lot of fist fights. Did you show up with a Howley T-shirt on? Howley's rule. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, that's that's you know a lot of people don't you know realize that it's pretty you know Hawaii is very from like a warrior society still, mm-hmm. um, and and that's a great thing kind of because it's still it's very primal, uh, and it's also you know sort of it's one of those things where um, there's not a lot of tolerance for um, you know someone that you don't know or part of your family, um, and 
so you know for me it was it was it was tough it, you know it was, it was did they accept you eventually you know sports <clears throat> sports uh sports really bridged that gap uh football i played football and that was that really it, it was tough because the first year they were like no they were like hmm. you know get the fuck out of here that suck um yeah you know i was i was a kid at then i was probably you know t- i don't know I can't remember ten or so playing pee wee football, right? Right. And then as as you know, I, as I would you know you know prove myself that I was down for hard work and uh, you know down to throw hits, that you know that sort of you know uh, bridged the gap. And then ultimately they were part of my team. And then so we would you know go to other schools and you know play other schools. And then I was still the the Howley boy to everybody else, but they had my back now. Mm. So wow. that was cool. That had to be a bizarre time, man, to be a ten-year-old and all of a sudden be in that environment. Sure, sure, that was um, it was different. It was uh, yeah, I didn't know any better because I'm you know, right. ten. You're going okay. Well, this is what I got to deal with now. Is the cards I got dealt, so they're gonna man up. Yeah, I have a bunch of buddies who live in Hawaii, and you know they say that if you're respectful and you're you know you're not sure. a douchebag, like yep. after a while you just fit right in and everybody's mm-hmm. cool with it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh, I grew up also as a surfer. You know, growing up, growing up surfing, and so there's definitely a pecking order and a respect there that you have to learn, uh, or you're going to learn the hard way. Um, and and that's I think that was a good thing, you know, ultimately because it, it kind of humbles you um, and, and makes you it makes you know your place, mm. um, which is good. Did you uh, start training jujitsu there? Uh, I started, uh, you know, actually, um, my, one of my good buddies uh, who passed away, Paul Walker, got me into uh, jujitsu. Um, he got me about six years ago, six, maybe plus, maybe more now. Yeah. He was like a six, purple seven. belt, right? Or a brown belt or something? Yeah. He was a, a brown belt when he died. Um, and so, yeah, he, he was, I mean, he was, you know, diehard. I mean, he had a place in Hawaii actually, and he had, uh, he would, he would go get mats and he would get his place outfitted so he could practice at home. Oh, wow. Um, and he got me, he got me involved and that's, you know, that's another thing that's great about, uh, over there is like you really realize like obviously you know uh jits is like the ultimate humbling yeah you know for people uh especially for you know i think for men who carry a lot of ego around or carry a lot of you know you know i think as men we're trying to figure out who we are especially when we're young um it really calms your ego down because you always know you know i'm gonna choke some people out and people are gonna choke me out yeah and it's just no matter what level you're at you also get it out of your system, like the the sure. one a big part of what men do. They puff their chest up is they want to prove themselves, and they haven't yet, yep. and they don't know, and so they want to like put up this air like they're some bad motherfucker because yep. they're insecure. It's of just course. they don't know, and yep. once you've done it a bunch of times and you know trained for a few years, it just it all calms down. Yeah, you notice like all the all the you know guys who do it consistently or the high level guys. Just so calm. Yeah. So calm. And that's actually one thing I noticed about Cameron, too. He's like, he's a calm motherfucker. Because he spends a lot of time out in the wilderness. And I think that has a, a big, uh, you know, with the world we live in now today. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. And, and we talked about, we talked about this, some, some of the experiences, the stressful experiences and the hard, I mean, 
life here is never hard, really. The challenges we face sure. in the re- regular everyday Sometimes world. Sometimes you have traffic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the line at Starbucks is huge. I know. that. Okay, that's hard. Okay. Sometimes Aside from that, that is wrong. tough. They spoke cam with a K. Right. But so, it, I mean, <laughs> it puts it in perspective. It's just kind of yeah. like what you're saying. But yeah, you need experiences like that. Just you kind of simulate those in training or in, you know, the hunts that I do or the races that I do. And it keeps it in perspective so you don't get wound up over the, the little stuff. It's like... No, no biggie. There's also like a, there's a humbling just being in the woods. Yeah, you just realize like, oh, this this doesn't matter if no. I never existed. No, like if human beings were never invented, these woods would be exactly like this. No, and that I've thought about exactly. that a lot. Well, I've been in the mountains, and you know, I'd say if something happens, if you know, who knows, you die for whatever reason, nothing there changes an iota. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing is going. So it's like your existence doesn't even matter. Yeah, and I think we. We need to, we feel too self-important sometimes, I think some people do. Sure. And so in that situation, you're like, okay, this, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, nothing really. My but. friend, uh, Ryan Callahan, you know, mm-hmm. Ryan from First Light. Yeah. He was out in the woods uh, with uh, two friend of his and they, uh, and they, they work for the, the park. They were like rangers or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they found a human skull mm-hmm. and they're like, whoa. And it just just puts it all in perspective. Like yeah. you're out deep, deep in the back country and you find a human skull mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, yeah, this is real. Like right. this, this was a person, something went wrong. And, yeah. And they just and never, they never are. found them. And you know, it just could happens. Happen. Could it, be a bear, could be a cat, could be a trip. Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lightning happens a lot to people. Oh out yeah. There. Yeah. But I was, I was, uh, I was telling you the other day, Cameron, about, uh, I've been doing a lot of reading about, um, about like circadian rhythms in, in our, in our body, because, uh, I've had chronic, uh, sleepwalking, chronic night terrors, uh, since I was a little kid. What is night terrors? What's the difference between night terrors and sleepwalking? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've had both. So what is the night terrors? Night terror would be, you know, sort of, uh, you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, to scream yelling. Oh, that's you know, every day ah, for me. No, you know, <laughs> get out in, in the middle of the <laughs> <a> bedroom. <laughs> um, uh, and they can sort of, I think they can coincide with sleepwalking probably, mm. you know, so stress related, I think so. Um, it's hard to say I got them, uh, when I was young, when I started getting them, uh, I think when I was about in sixth grade. Um, so I don't know if it was, if it was, uh, if it was stress related or, or, or what it was. Um, but I started getting them and then, um, you know, I've had, I've had them and I'm 31 now and so I've been reading a lot about that, and I obviously listen to your podcast a lot about um, just about the way humans are supposed to operate in the natural life cycle, right? And, and you, know, you 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 wake up in the morning because it gets light, and you go to bed because it gets dark, and we're screwing that all up with the TVs and the phones and and all the all the stuff. And anytime I've ever been in the wilderness to do a lot of backpacking and you know been a lot of hunting trips and fishing and stuff. It's uh, it, it really calms uh, my body mm. down a lot, and uh, what they said was, in all the reading I've done, is is that um, your your creation of melatonin is in your optics because of like the assimilation of light. So when it gets dark, your your mind's supposed to create more melatonin, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously you know puts you to sleep. But because we don't have that, or we're we're manipulating that. It's uh, it's changed everything. That's why they invented Ambien. Yeah, works great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of people out there that are taking pills mm-hmm. that just knock them out. Yeah, yeah. You know, just in order to deal with 
the fact that we're constantly surrounded by lights and staring at your phone before you go yeah. to bed and watching TV and yep. go to the bathroom and the lights bright. Your body doesn't know what that is. No. And that's we were, when we were talking about this yesterday, it's like I said, I've never been more at peace and relaxed and slept as well as I have in the mountains. You know, once there's an adjustment period, it seems like. Sure. But once I'm there, it's just like I've never been. I, I don't want to make it sound like anything bad at home, but I mean, I've never been more. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's happy or just more content. Content. That's exactly right. More content. Sure. Than I am in the mountains. It feels like that's just natural. That's how it's supposed to be. Well, p- people really are supposed to interface with the wild, with w- the wilderness, mm-hmm. the same way all animals are. Mm-hmm. We've just created these weird structures over the past few right. thousand years. And when you really think about civilization, they, we only figured out how to talk forty thousand years ago. Yeah, you know, I or, mean, or the wheel, right? The wheel yeah. was, you know, I mean. Yeah, I think the wheel is five. Th- no, f- yeah, 5, it's, it's a little little longer than that. It's somewhere around six thousand years ago they figured out the wheel, which mm-hmm. is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. But here's here's the best way to put that in perspective. Like, so let's say it's fifty five hundred years ago. That's essentially a person lives to be a hundred. That's fifty five people ago. Fifty five people ago, they were just dragging shit around. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. 55 people ago. And then before that, you know, you just go back a few more people and they were grunting. Yeah. I mean, they, they, sure. they hadn't even figured out how to write things down. They, you right. know, it's really or, or, nuts. Or, or even, you know, what's, what's cre- even crazier to think about is how we've taken airplanes and perfected that in the last 50 years. Oh, yeah. You know, before that, it was, you know, you didn't, you couldn't just get on an airplane and be anywhere in the world in 24 hours. Oh, yeah. It's a totally new <clears> experience. 1903. <throat> you want to hear the craziest fucking statistics ever? Okay. Between the time the plane was invented, the, between the invention of the airplane and someone dropping an atomic bomb out of the airplane, it was less than 50 years. Mm. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy what we do to each other. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like somewhere like 44 years or something like that between the invention of the airplane by the Wright brothers, the first flight, and then a bomb dropping on Hiroshima. Yeah. And then now... There's Ooh. Fast and Furious 8, and oh. they got bombs in that. Oh, I like <laughs> the segue. Nice plug there. Jeez, Dude, that was good. Bro, <laughs> you should be a publicist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally unrelated. Just thought uh, of that. How yeah. many of those have you done? No, this is the first one that I've done. This is the first one. Yeah, this is the eighth. This will be the eighth one. And they're going to do ten, right? So they're doing them back to back. Is that what they're doing? I, I think that's the plan. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm sure Vin and Vin Diesel and and the producers have you know the, the plan set. But I mean, that's the whispers I hear that we do a couple more. Um, I think you know, ten would be cool. If you made it this far, might as well go to ten, right? Now, can you tell us? Does your character survive? Can you give us a spoiler alert? <laughs> Are you allowed? To? I saw. I saw the movie. He's oh, you can tell me then. You're not obligated. You didn't have to sign the, anything, did you? It was it was good last night. I mean, Scott had a big role. It was it was cool because I didn't know for you know you never know. Yeah, it's yeah, just sure. like <clears throat> Didn't didn't ask, didn't anything. But yeah, he's all over it the whole time. So it was cool. He did a yeah, good l- job. Yeah, let's just say it's a good one, and, and everyone will like it. Are you yeah. a muscle car guy? Do you like muscle cars? Yeah, I'm a I'm a classic car guy. Um, I like classics. I love the old '60s uh, Ferrari between you know Ferrari and Ford. That whole uh, rivalry back then. So oh, like that, the GTs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm actually getting uh, getting the opportunity to uh, purchase uh, one of the new GTs 
uh, coming out in 2017. Really? Dude, yeah. that thing looks insane. Insane. And they're making only 100 this year. What a bunch of cunts. Why would you make 100? <laughs> Why would you so make 100? Why would you make 100? There's what? 7 billion people. You're going to make 100 cars? <laughs> Assholes. They're collectibles. Well, what? So, so what, I mean, how much do they charge for those for 100 bucks? For 100 of them? I mean. Oh, well, I, I, I think the price is about three three fifty three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. But it, pull it's up a, a picture of this fucking thing. It's it's a yeah. beast. Look at that thing. Yeah. That's oh the new my one. God, yeah. insanity. Yeah. Configurator, you can config. Why are they letting you configure it if you can't even fucking buy it? <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of teases, Ford. What are you doing? Yeah, that, first that, of all, that doesn't even look like a Ford. I mean, no, that looks that looks like, like a, a Ford for, on planet Mars. Pretty Jamie's cool, changing right? the color. Look it looks kind of like oh, a Ferrari, yeah. doesn't Jamie's it? Jamie's getting crap. It Does looks it? better than a Ferrari. Oh, it looks better. I think it's, you know. That's a badass looking car. Yeah. Let me see the see if you got some other uh, angles on it. Is there any other angles? Ooh, look at that. Ooh, pretty. You know what like the good? Hood. Some, oh, my God. Some camo that. on there. <laughs> hey, is there camo some on there? <laughs> Ridge Reaper option. <laughs> look at that fucking car. I know. Oh, my God. What a beast. Yeah. I think I might get one, too, actually. Wow. Go for it, dude. Go for it. Get that's rid of just the, my, the RAM. My whole life of uh, salary, but that's all right. <laughs> $350,000. But meanwhile, the way they're making cars today, that thing's got to be insane. Just, yeah. But that'll be like a piece of art. You know, yeah. That, that, that will be, you know, like the, the GT, you know, the older GTs that have gone up in value because they just don't, you know, they're, they're you know. They're, it's hey. hard to say that about new cars, though. So much plastic and stuff. They just don't seem to, people don't want them. Mm. You know, like if you get a 1960s car, it's worth a shitload of money today. But sure. a 1990s car ain't worth yeah. shit. Right. You know what I mean? It's like there's no classics from no. 1990. There's a couple Porsches, like 9, sure. 964s from the 90s or 993s, the last of the air-cooled cars. They're still worth some money. They're, they're classics. But that's kind of it. Like maybe a few classic Ferraris from that day, but like a Camaro from 1990, yeah. push that thing off a cliff <laughs> and, start, and shoot at it while it's on its way down. <laughs> Hey, don't let your girl drive that car. Yeah. Oh, she got issues? <laughs> we were saying before, she, yeah. she crashes things a little bit? A little bit? She's got a history of, uh, a long history. Let's just leave it at that. Hey, yeah. listen, people can't be great at everything. Yeah, no. that's true. Have you seen the new Acura NSX? No. Jesus Christ. Look at this thing. Jamie, pull that up if you're into cars. You know, Acura built the last NSX in 2005, so there's like 12 years Okay. off before yeah. they, they came out with a new one and they just came out with a new one this year and it's mm. just, just this spaceship this monstrous spaceship see if you find a silver one so I like that, when, that they, when they do that with cars they sort of wait a long time to get you know come up with a whole new concept not just a every three or four years four wheel drive yeah totally yeah no I like <clears> it too four wheel drive uh, electric wheels on the front it's it. It's tough looking at that one after the Ford. Though. It is. Well, that's a, not a good angle. <laughs> yeah, Jamie keeps going Ford's to the same angle. Good. What are you I mean, doing it, here with Kelly Blue Book? Joe's hating on that Ford, but I'm telling no, you. No, I love that Ford. What are you talking about? Get off the site. The site's bullshit. They get you with that Kelly Blue Book bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's a clickbait. See if you can see uh, like uh, three-quarter view in the, the up, upper left-hand side. Right there. Nope. Yeah. Look at that. It's a dope car, man. Yeah. When you see one in real life, it looks like a spaceship. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It looks cool. This, Cars today, man. But that's like looking at uh, the, a new Hoyt and looking at the Ross bow. Really? See? You think that you don't think that looks as cool? <laughs> that as, looks good, but not as good as a Ford, does it? No. Pretty close. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Everybody's got different taste cam hands. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just can't wait for the self-driving because people just are terrible drivers. So let's just let's just get on with that. We've, we've figured that out. Everyone sucks. But then sucks. what about these kind of cars? Well, that's fine. Just let them be self-driving. You know, that's not going to be self-driving. That would be ridiculous. Imagine if you have a, a car like that, like a Ford GT, but it's self-driving. Mm-hmm. Unless you're on a racetrack, you'd be like, yeah. what, am I going to live on a racetrack? This is so stupid. <laughs> There's something that happening as we're making yeah. things autonomous. We're going to lose a little bit of something. Sure, yeah. sure. It's sort of the, one of the reasons why people like handmade stuff now. Like you mm-hmm. get a pair of handmade boots or something like that. It's like, ooh, it feels different. You know? I got, oh, these are handmade. Lucchese's. Right? Are they really? Yep. Yeah. Lucchese's no. handmade. They, I think they take yesterday. like 18, no, it was maybe like 11 days to do, to do from start to finish. With wow. all the leathering and stuff they do, I mean they do it in different stages, right? But they're the, I mean they're the best boots yeah. in the market. And doesn't sure. that feel different, like Way when different. you have them? Oh, yeah. Like there's something so knowing that a person made it too. Yep. Well, they're just so comfortable. Yeah. I like mean, cowboy, cowboy boots normally aren't that comfortable, but those. That's what my boots were yesterday too. Yeah. So nice. I was reading this podcast. Reading a podcast? What? <laughs> listening to a podcast? You're listening to a book. Oh wait, I guess you can <laughs> do can that. Can do that now. <laughs> About uh, horseback riding, and this guy was explaining how people try to wear like hiking boots when they go horseback riding, mm-hmm. and they jam their foot. He's like, "There's a oh, reason yeah. why cowboy boots fall off so easy. Yeah, it's so you don't get dragged behind a fucking right. horse. Yeah, like it's supposed to happen that way. Yeah, yep. that's why they're pointed, so they slide in and yeah. slide out. They slide in and slide out, and mm-hmm. they slip right off your feet. Yeah. Yep. And like, you have you get a good pair of these. I mean, they'll last ten, twenty. I mean, it lasts a lifetime. Yeah. you know what I mean. It could. Yeah. I just bought. I got my the ones I had yesterday, which were like a thousand bucks, and I just got them resold yep. because I'd worn them so much. Seventy seventy four fifty. To and, resell it? Yeah, brand new soles on, Boom. I mean, brand new well, boot. I've heard that since you have your own Under Armour sneaker that you're the Kanye West of badasses. <laughs> Is this true? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, no, 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 Kanye West of bow hunting. Oh, oh, well, because Kanye West has Yeezys. Do you know what Yeezys yeah, are? Yeah, his shoe, right. Yeah, the, but Jamie buys them. Look, he's, I don't he, even I think know he's got them. You have mine, you son he's of got a bitch. Him. He's such a weirdo. He's got like five pairs of them, this weirdo. <laughs> so I don't even know what that is. Hey, Yeezy, that's what the kids are calling. Jamie. <laughs> Aren't those... Aren't Easy. those a lot? Like expensive? Uh, stupid expensive. If you can't get them when they come on sale, they are a lot. Like how much are they right out of the gate? Uh, the ones that are going to resell that come out this month are reselling for two thousand right now. They're two hundred retail. Two hundred retail and they sell for two thousand. Yeah, because they make what a hundred pair? Uh, like twenty thousand. Like that goddamn. You can get a free one with a four GT. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. So anyway, I think that's how Brandon's reference is tied in. It's shoot Kanye's shoe. Yes, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. It's not that you're an egotistical autistic rapper. <laughs> no, no. It's not that. Well, I see him at. He was at the UFC fight. I don't know. I was at Kanye I was there. Was? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know which one it was. Oh but. yeah, that's right. He was there with uh, the boyfriend that J Lo dumped because he went to the UFC. It was one of Connor's fights. Oh, was it? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. the boyfriend well, wanted to go to the to the McGregor fight, and J Lo was like, "Fuck that, bitch! Oh, she's staying with me." Jamie got a picture with him. Jeez. Did you he? Got a right here, with Kanye. Yeah, here's here's <laughs> I remember, but here's Kanye West, even at the uh, UFC fight, just like this. Well, I saw him smile a few times when he met some people. Really? Yeah, but he's he needs a hug. I got him to smile. Did did, did you? What'd you do? No, he didn't smile. Not in your picture, did he? <laughs> yeah, I'll pull it up. What'd you do to get him to smile? Well, he's uh, he needs a hug. That's what I think. <laughs> needs a hug and some good friends. So I'm going to calm him down. I think so, yeah. Just settle down, dude. Well, let me talk to you about your prenup. You got one, right? That's what I would do. 
Darius, that is not smile. That was a little smirk. No, that, not really. Uh, no, nope. that's not. That's you're just the smile from Tony Hinchcliffe is bouncing off. Plus, right. you didn't smile, so he was like, no. "Why am I fucking smiling? If this dude isn't smiling, <laughs> you're not even happy to meet me. You fuck. Why are you even taking a picture? Hashtag blessed." <laughs> At least he's got Tupac on his on his yes, shirt. He's got taste I mean, in that regard. That's the best thing about that, other than Jamie and Tony. Yes, I agree. The Tupac shirt's a good move. It's a good move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you're, you know, I don't know. The rapper world is a very fucking strange world. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. No. But hey, I did want to ask something. So, when you're growing up, was there pressure because your dad was Clint Eastwood? Did you? And then you said you wanted to be an actor. You knew was mm-hmm. that. I, think, I know we're going back to it, but I was yeah, just wondering. Yeah, a good, good question. Well, I think I think I always wanted to be a, tell stories. I don't know if I, I necessarily knew I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as I get older, I realize it's more about telling stories. Um, I just sort of fell into the acting. I was like, okay, well, this could be a way I could get in. I could, I could go into that. So you just enjoy the entertainment process, like creating something that people can be entertained by and enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Telling a story that, you know, people can relate to laugh, cry, whatever. Do you think you'll go the route of your dad and like maybe do some directing and writing and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the plan? That's a plan. That's the plan. You know, taking control of your own career, uh, is, is good. And it's also, you, you know, you tell the stories you want to tell. Yeah, we were talking about this before the podcast, that the world of the actor is very difficult. And a lot of people like accuse actors of being fake. And I think one of the reasons for Narcissistic that... Narcissistic, mostly. Yeah, yeah. there's that for sure. But yeah. one of the reasons for the accusing them of being fake is that they always have to put on the best show, like as far as their behavior and the way they act and think and their opinions, because they're constantly trying to get cast in things. And sure. it's all about mm-hmm. getting to people like you and politicking. And, and we were talking also about, like, you kind of have to have liberal sensibilities. Like, in this town, if, you, if you're a, a right winger. Does that go together? Does that even make sense? It seems like they contradict each other. Oh. Liberal sensibilities. That seems. <laughs> well, well, it's one reason that I moved, uh, I moved out of L.A. Is, you know, years ago, uh, I just, I got sick of, yeah, there are great, there are great people in L.A., yeah. Great people, and, and you know, I'm I'm from California, so I feel have a you know uh, has a has a place in my heart here. Um, but I got out of L.A. because you know if you meet a hundred people in L.A., you might you know meet you know, ninety five that are full of shit, and you know five good ones. Uh, and and I think you're that too was, generous. <laughs> <laughs> you know that yeah, it's a problem, right? And everyone, I always I always ju- I always judge it when when I meet somebody and I'm having a conversation with them and I ask how they're doing. You know, if I meet an actor or something, how, how you been or what are you working on? Cool. And you know, a lot of times they're just they're just waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah. They're not even listening to you. Yeah. They're just sort of you know. Did you you know they're not going to return that and say hey, how, how what are you doing what you know what's going on yeah you don't yeah. you don't feel like a sincere conversation no not not at all yeah that's a big issue <clears throat> with people in general but in L A it's I think this is the the magnet for all the narcissists and all the people that want attention and the people that that have a hole they have a hole they need to fill up mm-hmm. for whatever their childhood whatever whatever sure. the fuck it is yeah. and they they gravitate here and then they just communicate with each other the same way and everybody kind of like pretends to be someone who they're not 
and then hopefully they make it, and then once they make it, then they just you know become some fucking weirdo. Just it's 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 weird how many of them are like almost like cookie cutter. Like oh, I've met that guy before. He just looked different. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's like the same person living a different life. <laughs> yeah. I've know this. I know someone exactly got lazy on is. the assembly line. Yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this they fell asleep or something. But the actor world is like I've met a lot of comedians that are similar, but they're a lot. They're very so much. But the actors, boy, there's a lot that are super similar. Just mm-hmm. a lot of, you know. But then again, you'll meet some of them who've like figured it out and made it through, and they're super normal. And re- like Adam Sandler is one of the nicest guys you've ever met in your life. Really? Oh my god, he couldn't be nicer. Mm. Total. Like if you didn't know he was Adam Sandler and you met him, you'd be like, oh, it's someone's dad. Yeah. Fucking super normal dude. Yeah, and Tom well, Hanks. Yeah. He's so right. That's what I heard. Oh you said super normal. That's what people say. You know, like because they ask me, "Oh, how's Scott?" You know, I'm, seems normal. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're like. So you're, <laughs> you must not know me yet. That's like no. the best compliment for an actor. <laughs> yeah, it uh, is because an actor is like they. Uh, well, I don't know. So yeah. Who am I to say who's normal? Right. But right. To yeah. me, seems like a normal guy. And you said Adam Sandler was <laughs> completely normal. So that's kind of. Puts it in perspective. Yeah. Well, I mean, my normal is like the, you could talk to them and they're really there. They're real sincere. Present, yeah. You, present. yeah. They're present. present. They're having a real conversation sure. with mm-hmm. you. And there's a lot of people that just don't do that. You talk to them and they're just putting on some, hey, how are you? Good yeah. to see you. I definitely don't trust people who are, who are too nice. I'm like, why are they so nice? Yeah. Like, this, yeah. this isn't right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just a tough world for these people anyway, especially with the ones that haven't made it out here. It's so yeah. psychologically devastating because you're constantly going on auditions and you're constantly getting rejected. So you're insecure in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then you are hoping someone likes you. So you go to this thing and, and, and you're kind of like putting on your best behavior and you're dressing yeah. good. <clears> and like, hi, p- pleased to meet you. A nice, t- all right, all right. Hey, hey, thanks guys. Thanks for the opportunity. You leave. And they don't <laughs> like you. They're like, you, they said you sucked at the audition. What? I didn't suck. Yeah, they just really didn't like you. They said yeah. you didn't make eye contact. Fuck. And they, yeah. you know, and people get weirder and weirder. And if you meet an actor, Say like uh, like one year, and then you meet them ten years later, and they're still swinging, and nothing's happening. They might be like uh, b- b- almost ready to crack. Yeah, like the, the, <laughs> right just, on the verge, right at that falling down with that Michael Douglas. You know when he's fucking, he's got the briefcase, and he goes in traffic, starts shooting people. Yeah, like they're like a couple of days before that, they're like right just on the breaking <laughs> they line. They can't huh? take it anymore. <laughs> it's a fucking devastating business, right? It's tough. It's tough. Um, but you know it. Like I said, I mean, we were talking about before. It's it's all it's all built on hard work and your reputation. Yeah. Because, like you said, you know, and you get a reputation for being an asshole or or you know showing up late to work or this that and the other, and you know everyone's going to know about it. It's a, it's a small place, L.A. Or being a diva. Being a diva. Diva. Yeah. That's a big one, right? That's not a good. That's not a good uh, <sighs> adjective. For you, you can't shake that one. Yeah. That happens to people like in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll be doing a lot of big movies, and you hear like, "Oh, she's difficult to work with," yeah. and then they just fucking disappear. Sure, <laughs> and it almost seems like Hollywood delights in shutting those oh, yeah. people out. Uh, they, they're rooting for you to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. kind of. But when you prove to be like ungrateful in some way, yeah. or you don't like, like here's a perfect example. Well, he kind of made it on television, but you remember David Caruso? When David Caruso was on NYPD Blue, mm-hmm. everybody was like, wow, this guy's a great actor. And then he quit NYPD Blue when it was this massive hit show and then went and started doing 
like some real shitty movies. Yeah. And everybody was like, why the fuck would you quit a big show like NYPD Blue and do a bunch of movies? Like, boy, I hope he fails. And then the movies failed. And then everybody's like, ha, ha. And then, <laughs> and then he never did a movie again. You never yeah. saw him in a good movie. Like, he like had this trajectory of this amazing career. Yeah. Then he became this caricature because then he was doing that stupid cop show where he would take his glasses off and say some stupid pun well it looks like he got nailed and he'd take his glasses <laughs> off remember that it was like CSI Miami or something like that and it was a fucking caricature of a cop show yeah whereas NYTPD Blue when he was on it was groundbreaking I mean it was fucking fantastic so what happened it just he became an I don't know. What? I mean, I don't know who was he is. He a diva? He became, is that he became what the... recognized as a diva. Whether or not oh. he was actually a diva, oh. he, I don't know the guy. You'd have to oh. meet him and talk to him and hang right. out with okay. him. But he had that stink. And yeah. you get that stink well, that, on yeah, him. That's, that's the other thing, too, is it's not even, you know, in Hollywood, it's not even what's true sometimes. Right. It's just right. perceived. It's so it's, it, it, you know, my dad used to always say, he'd say, uh, believe uh, half of what you see and none of what you hear. And, and that always stuck with me because, you know, you, you sit down with people in the industry or whatever. And you just hear, you know, a lot of Hollywood is gossip, right? It's full of gossip queens. Everybody wants to talk shit about someone they worked with or tell some story and tell how difficult somebody was or this, that. And and, and you don't even, you know, it's a, a business built on, you know, it's a, it's just a house of cards. You know, and you're like, well, that how do you even know that that's even true? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah, it's you know. I mean, I don't feel like that happens in other businesses, but may, maybe it does with coworkers. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it does. It's also there's. A, it's a weird thing because when you're a movie star like yourself and you're on the screen, like you get all the adulation and all the love. There's a whole crew oh. of people behind you. Yeah. There's special effects yep. people and lighting and sound and it's directors and producers. Jamie. Guys and, like Jamie. And young Jamie, there's a hundred people to every one that's on the screen, right? At yep. least that's yeah. and so and they get no love. Yeah, it's <clears> weird, <throat> right? They, they get no, you know, they get no love, and and that's where the business side of the business is so delusioned because it, you know the agents and the people around it, they're not the ones there, you know, putting in the the sweat every day for five months to make a film, right. you know. Pulling the creative ideas, pulling the hard work, you know, the, the the grips and all the all the guys who, you know, are underpaid and are, you know, working just to uh, make money to, you know, feed their families. Uh, so it's, it's interesting because I, I saw it from a very different lens. I saw it from my father's lens, which is, you know, my, my dad show up on time, get the movie done, shoot it fast, treat everybody good and, and, and you know, work with the same people over and over again, you know, do the right thing by people, have integrity. Uh, whereas it, people don't see that side of, of of the business, there's so much other stuff that you never, that people never get love for in in the film industry. Yeah, well, in the long hours, that's another thing that yeah. people don't understand. If you're on a film set, like what's an average day for you? Um, it could be, I mean, a short day is a twelve hour day, so it's you know twelve to sixteen. And sometimes. how many days a week you work in? Five, six. I mean, when you're on location. You're usually you could be in a movie that's doing a six day work week or you could be doing a five day. But by the end, everyone's doing a six. Sometimes even, you know, you're just putting in full you're in full throttle to get the movie done. Now, when you're on location, do you have to squeeze a workout in to keep your brain oh, yeah. sane? Yeah. yeah, yeah How I mean, do you do that on a 16 hour day? I try to do it during lunch uh, because I find that if you go to lunch, you you get sluggish. 
after lunch. Right. And then you're, you're going, oh, well, shit, I got to get back in there, you know, and do this. I gotta, mm-hmm. Now I got to hit the coffee or I got to hit the whatever right. to get stimulated. Cocaine, get right? Yeah. That's what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Just, 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 just a bump. Are you a meth guy or a <laughs> coke guy? Just, but mo- mostly meth. Most, just, just a bump to get on. the head straight. Just a little bit. <laughs> Woo! Um, but yeah, so I think working out during lunch it seems to be the best thing for me because I don't do well in the mornings for a workout because I feel stiff. Mm-hmm. So I like to get the blood going first. If I can hit it during lunch, uh, even if I'm on set, I'll do whatever yeah. dumbbells, this, that, and the other, and then I'll have I'll get you know some endorphins kicking. Yeah, I used mm-hmm. to I used to do that too, but now lately over the last like not even lately, but over the last like five or six years, I like to get up and the first thing I do workout. Especially like if I was doing jujitsu in the afternoon and I needed to do a lifting session, I wanted as much space between the lifting and the jujitsu as possible so I can recover. So for me, it's like just get up. And even though I don't feel good in the morning, once the blood starts pumping and the sweat, you got to just remind yourself like, yeah, I know you feel like shit. Just do the few reps, get that blood going. And then once once you're sweating, you're sweating. It's all the same, you know? Well, I, do, me. I do. I mean, I do it in the morning too. I, mean, I worked out this morning and plus meth. But I just that's that that helps you feel the same. So I had a qu- So in the movie Fast Eight, yeah. we had a lot of sleeveless shirts, which I that's awesome. You're a big uh, fan of those. I'm a big fan of those. That's why you slid me a DM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot I, of not, stuff going on uh, Instagram. <laughs> I'm not sure about the connection. <laughs> He's confused right now. He doesn't know what we're talking about, but he'll press on. <laughs> <laughs> so did those guys? So rock. Stay them all the. Do, do we have to do push-ups in there to keep that pump for the for the scenes? It's a very good question. Look, everybody's. I mean, I think everybody wants to be on the on the you know at the tip of the spear, right? You know, you got shirt off, tank off stuff. So let's you know let's, let's get the pump on. Let's okay, get that's where a guy like me, I'm very very modest. So if I was there, I would be the opposite with your skin tight, muscle bearing shirt. <laughs> I would try to slump, maybe perhaps, oh, or yeah. hide my definition. No, that's right. not true. I saw you have good posture. Shadow. That's one of the first thing I noticed when I walked out. I said, "Oh, he's, he really works on his posture." I do. I do a lot of yoga. Yep, I do a lot of yoga. Very good posture. You notice this, right. Cam? You don't even notice, bro. <laughs> that was uh, my friend. I never commented on my posture. That was uh, <laughs> that was one of one of the first things when I because I got into yoga about ten years ago. And it's changed my life. It's amazing, right? It's it changed no, my there's life. There's no pump in yoga. There's no pump in yoga. We've discussed this. Cam <laughs> <laughs> like sleeveless shirts and getting his and pump, getting on. pump yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't like touching his toes. That's, no, a, that's a struggle. That's, I, can do, I can do this. It's the knee's but, bent. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I think that's, that was the, one of the bi- first things uh, a guy told me when I was getting into it. He said, you really got to work on your posture. He goes, you're going to, you know. Look at look at guys who are you know ninety walking around on the street who are slumped over. Mm. He goes, "Do you want to be like that?" I mean, it it, it kind of got me quick. I was like, "Tell wow. that guy to settle the fuck down." I'm thirty one years yeah. old. How about you relax, pal? Yeah. See, he he's got such a better attitude because I would have said, "Worry about yourself." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm used to getting critiqued online, and so maybe I'm just a little defensive. Well, these yeah, these right. seats that we're sitting in are the these best. Are these are these. They're yeah. called Ergo Depot. Uh, is the name of the company, and they're, it's called a Capisco. And what it is is they're comfortable, but they make you sort of sit and support yourself with your spine. Whereas a lot of times people just kind of slump in chairs. Sure, that's just terrible for terrible. your spine. Terrible. And Slumping you, is <clears throat> terrible. All that stuff's terrible. And when you order, put in Rogan as order and save ten no, percent. No, 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 just no, kidding. It's not a company. I'm a sponsor. How dare you? <laughs> He's plugging every company. He's Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's. Yeah. 
if you if you do do yoga though, like you will notice a difference in your posture and the like the lack of like back aches and pains and stuff like that. Everything. But it's just it's hard for people because it's not necessarily fun. Like the results are sure. excellent, but while you're there and you're sweating your dick off and yeah. you're stretching and you got to quiet your mind. That's, yeah. I think that's the that's the biggest hardest thing for people, right? Is 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 that the meditation aspect of it is is so is so hard for people to go to get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. But once you do it for a while, you realize you're like, now I crave it. I yeah. mean, I can't go. I can't go a few days without. I go. I start getting antsy, and I go. I got to get into yoga. You know. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> it's also a very pretentious thing. Not really, but it sounds like it is. Like oh, I'm going to do yoga. I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm going to do yoga, and then I'm going to have hummus. Yeah. You know, yeah. like oh, I hate this guy. Well, you know you what know? was the thing was that when I started uh, ten years ago, a, a buddy brought me in. It was ninety eight percent female. Now I've noticed. It's like 50 50. You got to go to a different class. Yeah. There's got to be a reason not to go. Yeah. Like, what if there's a guy in front of you and as you both bend over, you're standing yeah. in this guy's sack? Like, that's not well, cool. Well, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I think that it was, it, for, a, for a long time, it was stigmatized. It was frown, yeah, frowned upon, right? I mean, yeah. for, for men to, to go to yoga. Yeah. And I know I even had those thoughts. I was saying, well, you know, yoga, I want to go hit the gym and get, you know, get a pump on. Get jacked. Get jacked. Uh, but now. I'm, I'm going well. You know, you see all the benefits and, and everything. Yeah, to incorporate that with the with the pump. You know? Well, for jujitsu, it's huge because range of motion is one of the most important things in jujitsu and flexibility, especially when you have a good guard. Yep. And uh, I got into yoga for the most part because of Hickson, Hickson Gracie. Yep. And I, I remember in 1994, I saw a video of Hickson Gracie doing yoga, and I was like, oh, because I was like, everybody would always said that Hickson was. Like there was all these great Gracie family members. Henzo was great. Hyen was great. All these guys were great. Half, but Hickson was always thought to be number one. And I was like, well, why? Why is he so much better than everybody else? And then I realized, like, oh, he's got like the full package. Like he has his dad is Helio Gracie, so his dad was like one of the originators of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yep. So he grew up with it. It's in his DNA. He trained his whole life under the best teachers in the world, and then yoga and training and exercise like hickson does balance beams where he stands on a balance beam and does a full split standing up holds his foot over his head i mean it's fucking freaky to watch he's just got incredible control of his body Mm. so the dexterity and the control of the body along with the strength and jujitsu like that's what made hickson who he is you know Mm, sure it's it's just it's again it's one of those things it's not as cool as telling someone you deadlift 600 pounds right you know you know, what are you doing i'm doing deadlift in 605 i do 605 for three you know <laughs> yeah. everybody's like oh, people want to watch that yeah yeah i put chains on it because it's not hard enough yeah that, that kind of stuff is but that's you know, gonna that's gonna catch up at the end at the end of your life you know that's that stuff you know it's if you're not careful you too much of that i feel like it's really going to cause a lot of pain in your later life it can but yeah, if you yeah, just do yeah. yoga, you look like a like a monk. Of course, no, you gotta <laughs> get the gym too. <laughs> gotta get yeah. jacked as well. It's a little bit. Of, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah. But yeah. It, but I agree with you that it does give you a calming thing. It sure. calms you down in yeah. a way. Yeah, and I think. But there's for, Hickson. Look at that picture. Oh man, yeah, him on the beach. Wow. I you can't. Know. I can't do that. Oh, he's unbelievably flexible. That's, you got to get into it. You got to uh, do it. Yeah, I mean Hickson. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of human beings. I can do that, but wow. forget about like world class black belts. Yeah, yeah, he's a freak, good, good man. Combination. Freak. Okay, wait. So I got to go back to the fanboy stuff. So I just want to ask. <laughs> so, That's so 
there is a you started off acting with like smaller movies, right? Sure. But now sure. you've been and, and tell me if I'm. I know you were in Fury. Yeah. I didn't remember until that started to know who you <laughs> sure. were. That, What's Fury? Fury was with Brad Pitt, right? Which one was that? World War Two, David Ayer. Oh, movie? that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then well, now, now it feels like you've now you're in the the big movies. Well, look, I started. 14, 15, almost 15 years yeah, ago now right. uh, doing it. It's hysterical when people are, you know, I first sort of got a couple hit movies happening. Oh, overnight success. Yeah, I and know. You, That's overnight. how it always fuck, works. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I've been at it for 10 years, you know, at that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I started, yeah, doing a tiny one-liners. Right. You know, uh, any chance I got just to, just to you know, get on set, uh, play any, any, any role, do any lines, whatever, just learn, soak it up. And, uh, yeah, I was doing that for years. I mean, I was doing that for seven, eight years, mm-hmm. you know, while I was bartending, uh, while I was, you know, valley parking cars, anything to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. pay, pay the bills. Right. But how important is that, that you actually worked your way through it, even though you're Clint Eastwood's son? Right. That's, you know? what, I, that's what I was interested in is that, yeah. I mean, it's like, it didn't feel like he helped you. And I don't know, maybe he did, but. No, no. If you, anyone who knows my dad uh, would just laugh at the, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, I mean, you. My dad's very old school, and he's he's very very tough on his sons. He has, you know, I have an older brother, um, <clears throat> and it's it just doesn't happen like that in our family. Uh, there's no handouts. Uh, you want something, you got to go get it. And I can't thank him enough for that because it never gave me any, uh, you know, backup. It, it it didn't it it didn't make me go well. I can just sort of sit around or uh, you know, it created drive. And yeah, it created you know hard work and drive, mm-hmm. and those are all the things that take to make somebody successful yeah like if you were 22 and he made you a star of his big movie that yeah, would I mean, have probably first off that would have looked it would have looked uh, it would look really bad on him yeah it look weird. you know so and you could yeah i mean he could do that i guess when in his movie but i think the common thing is well you had you know had it easy because you know somebody else he can't just pick up a phone and call some big director and tell him who he should cast and if he I did it would be a mess yeah it'd be, i mean a mess. Mm-hmm. and first of the director would probably tell him uh, you know, thank you, Clint, but uh, I keep not, not doing that. You know, this is my movie, and I don't even know who your son is. When he went, <clears throat> when he went on TV and did that like thing where he had uh, a like a seat next to him, and he the talked to Obama, yeah. and he talked to the empty chair. Were you, uh, did you call him up and Dad? Go, what the fuck, Dad? What are you doing? <laughs> no, nah, I stay out of politics. I, I don't even. I don't. I don't give two shits about politics. I just, that wasn't even politics. That was just like a play. You had like a yeah. like a puppet show with no puppet. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did like the intent though. Yeah, because I hate. I, well, whatever. Yeah, it was. I was good with it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, restraint of tongue and pen. Hey. uh so didn't you try out or I don't, I don't even know how to, but didn't you audition audition there you go. this, <laughs> I, this, is, this yeah. isn't my wheelhouse but for yeah. American Sniper I did and that I was did. His, that was his movie right that was his so movie so how'd that go what happened uh, yeah I, you know I, I auditioned and you know I remember actually talking to, I knew Bradley Cooper and I said hey you know what I'd love to play your brother I read the script I'd read the script yeah. and you know, I was already doing my own thing at this mm-hmm. point. I was, you know, working for a long time, but yeah. I'd go in periodically and audition for his films. Yeah. Uh, because they're Clint Eastwood films. Right. You know? I mean, if yeah. I can get an opportunity to audition, great. And then, you know, I, when I said that, hey, I'd love to play your brother in it or something, you know, one of those roles. And he probably kind of looked at me like, uh, you know, I don't, yeah, maybe, okay, cool. Kind of brushing off with her. And I was friends with him. And then so, you know, I sort of, you know, said, hey, you know, can I get an audition to, to you know, go audition for this? Uh, through my dad's company. And so I went and put myself on tape 
uh, it's pretty simple when you go audition for him. He's, he's not he's not there. No one's there or anything. You just go put yourself on tape with a casting director. Okay. And then uh, you know you either you either hear something back or you don't. Yeah. And that's sort of the that's the end of it. And mm. a lot of times you, you never do. I mean that's that's how it goes for actors. So. Yeah. So that's what happened with that. You yeah. you put it on yeah. tape and then didn't hear back. Yeah. No. You didn't say. What what dad was no, off? It didn't work like that in my family. Really? He's, nah, he's, he's too old. I would never even dare to bring up something like that. Oh, that's really? interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. that's probably why you're so normal. Like, Me? Yeah, because look, those people that are in those <clears throat> sheltered families. Where yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good for you. No, it, it, you know, you don't have the value for a dollar. The value for hard work. You don't have everything becomes blurred. Well, you treat people to you. Yeah, you know. I think that's the same way with inheritance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very rare that someone inherits a shitload of money early on in life and then winds up having character and being... They say that Donald Trump is like that, that he's a cool guy. Mm. Like, everybody I know that's met him, I yeah. know he gets a lot of weird press, but the guys that I know that know him say he's a really nice guy, really mm. down-to-earth, really normal, really healthy. And I've heard that about a lot of Trump's kids, mm. which is really strange. Yeah. Because he, like, he's this crazy, you know, I'm the best, I do the best things, my rating's the best. But you would think that he would be like this... Dicky dad, but apparently he's done a great yeah. job as a dad, which is very strange, you know. Yeah. But that's what I hear about Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, that's I've heard that too. And he bohards, yeah. so he's he does. gotta be cool. So he's got that going. <laughs> maybe that's why he's cool. I mean maybe that that's is probably it. I mean it might have something to do with it, for real. Like just all those experiences in the wild. Well and- no, and we just today. So we've shot a lot of air I mean, I've been doing this for thirty years. You've been doing this for years now, and still it's so humbling. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, it's not easy making a good shot. Yeah, every now and then one goes right into the neck of the target, and you're like, what the fuck? I've been doing this all day. Yeah. And one yeah. just, doink, so just you, goes wrong. You talk about ego checks. I mean, yeah, anytime sure. you think you're good at archery, Anything. for sure, there's a there's a wake-up call. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is not easy. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. And then also, it's like waiting, 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 stalking, stalking, stalking. Oh, on the hunt? And yeah. then all of a sudden... Here comes the time. Ready? Get ready. Pull yeah. shot. Now? Is it really happening? Is it really? And then you have to execute a great shot under yeah. this insane Overcome the adrenaline. Pl- yeah. have, you, have you done bow hunting yet? Yep. What have you bow hunted? Uh, deer. Have you been successful? I have. That's a nice thing, huh? Yeah. What, what kind? Uh, blacktail? What did you do? Yeah, in California. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's, it, it is like very, it's very, uh, like you said, it's, it's totally in the pocket, all of a sudden, it's now an adrenaline, adrenaline, and then you're, you know, it's over because you either missed the shot or you, you know, you, you didn't take it, mm. and you're like, you know what they say, <clears throat> Cam, that there's a direct correlation between lower heart rate and good archery. Mm. That, that there's actually been studies done, you know, like in in these European circles where there are target archers, and yeah. one of the things that they found to improve. Uh, Dudley was talking about this on his podcast, Knock On, on his podcast, he was talking about um, that running in particular is is really good at uh lowering your heart rate obviously mm-hmm. but then also the the side effect of that is it improves archery and it improves your ability under pressure to keep your heart rate down because your mm-hmm. heart rate is naturally lower right you know like your, your resting heart rate has got to be stupid low like what yeah. is it i don't know 40s yeah 40s wow mm-hmm. yeah so i thought mine was good in the like you know 55 or something that's crazy yeah you know what michael bisping's is 34 mm-hmm. yeah Jeez. Yeah, nor, most, Savage. most good marathon runners are low 40s, you know, upper 30s. Yeah. So when you have that, 
going for you. Like, say if your heart rate gets jacked up and you calm it down, you're probably still going to be, like, within the 60s or 70s. Whereas a guy who's, like, some fucking bubba with some big sloppy gut and, you know, and he's... <laughs> Taking rip fuel just so he can get up to the top of the mountain. Yeah. When he gets up there and sees something, he's like, yeah. he's tired, he's sure. winded, his, right. his heart rate's already jacked, and it's harder to execute a good shot mm-hmm. under those conditions. Yeah. And, and I mean, just like with running and exercising, you recover faster the better shape you're in. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of why, I mean, it can go, it can peak, but then it's back low, normal, and then you're more composed. So, I mean, you know, it takes a while for those guys to recover if they're not in shape. After all my years, of exercising i've just started running uh, wow. we're running yeah, today we're running today we're running the trails today after this i'm gonna yeah. keep i'm trying to keep up trying with to keep up with him ridiculous that's crazy yeah, he well, told me just, that. I said, it's, it's not okay. for me buddy it's not like doing jujitsu with hickson you know you're gonna get killed just go out there and do it <laughs> yeah don't be a pussy uh, how many miles <laughs> are you guys gonna do today oh uh, probably 20 or 30 if well, if he can make that I mean, no just kidding <laughs> you're kidding right he's got like, weird well, shoes you know, on honestly seriously Addy, if you're training for you know, 230 miles how many do you do a day yeah well you can't do a marathon every day right you kill yourself he was doing a half marathon every day yeah at least you know there's there's days or i mean there's weeks getting ready for the bigfoot that i ran 130 140 miles so that's almost 20 miles a day and the bigfoot it's 205 miles Mm-hmm. Over seven? Would you do seventy-eight hours? Seventy-eight fifty-six. Did you see that uh, ultra marathon guy who finished six seconds past the the deadline? Oh, at Barkley Did you see that? at yeah. Bar- the Barkley Marathon. Yeah, he yeah. fucked up. I know. He took a detour. No, I know that that race. They've been sending me messages, and they they tagged. I don't know if it was both of us, but the other day on or did a tweet. Somebody mentioned my name for it, and so the race actually tweeted and said that I wouldn't be able to finish because I'd be, I'd want to get up in a tree stand and kill some of the wild pigs running around. Was there so a lot of be, pigs? Yeah, I, apparently I didn't know this, but so that Barkley Marathon itself tweeted that. Where so. is it? Tennessee. Oh, yeah, that's the place is infested. Apparently, yeah, Tennessee. So it's uh, and I got it. There's a whole story behind it. I wish I knew it because I'm going to sound stupid, but there's a prison there. And I can't remember who was in the prison. Some famous criminal killed somebody or tried to kill somebody. Anyway, escaped. And he made it, uh, was out for 55 hours, something like that. Made it just eight miles, and, and they got him. So that's how, kind of how the race originated. There's a, there's a story behind it. So the race is there around that prison in that, in that same country. Oh, and, wow. And so the goal, the time limit is something around that 55 hours. And that's you have five loops you go one one way the first loop opposite 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 and you have and the course isn't marked so you're navigating with a map that you have to create yourself and to get the checkpoints there's books there at every checkpoint and you have a certain number of the page and they say you go and pull out page 12 of every book this is how it works and then you bring it back to make sure and they check you when you get the lap completed and said okay you you hit, hit every checkpoint here's all the pages of those books and then you do another lap and but what if you run with some douchebag who's like fuck page three i'm pulling his page out too page seven could suck my ass yeah <laughs> just start pulling people's pages out i don't i you know there's there's honor and and if somebody working that hard, usually you don't have to worry. They respect other people working that hard too. Right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of the, the thing. Yeah, the, the culture. honor system. Yeah, the culture yeah. of it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about something like that. But it sounds like a brutal race. I think only 
it might be up to 15 people now have completed it in 25 years. Whoa. It's tough. And this guy missed it by six seconds? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, because he fucked up and made a, a an error in his path. Something happened, and I and I can't. I don't. I didn't read the whole story, but yeah. So you have to do it inside of sixty hours. Is that what something it is? like that? Yeah. And Jamie's he was like sixty hours and six seconds, or something like that. It says he uh, when he was going around the it's race, crazy. he found he came to a staircase, and there's no staircases in the marathon, so he, he knew he fucked up then. Oh, okay. Oh boy. He was super sleep deprived. He knew he made a wrong turn. Yeah. He was two miles from the end of the race. Yeah. Wow! And there's no co- there's no course, so you just run in the woods. Yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sounds wow. ridiculous. So they have the map up there, the topo map up there, and you create your own map off of that map. And you can't use a map, you can't use a phone, you can't use a GPS. So there's navigating as part of the same. When are you doing it? I want to do it. I know you do. You I fuck. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, to to get entered is uh, that's a whole process in itself. You have to send like a letter and a dollar forty seven, something like that, into the race director, and they they select who they want in there, and then you have to bring a license plate from your house, from your home state, and like a shirt to the guy, and then you're in. Wow. So it's there's I mean it, there's a lot of crazy I, I don't know it's kind of it's just a, bring him a shirt can you give him a keep hammering shirt i or don't does know. It have to be a specific shirt? i think i think he chooses i don't know I, I i need to i watched a documentary but i don't remember every detail are you doing some really nutty one soon uh well i need to talk to to uh candace about it the race director of the bigfoot she's putting on um the moab uh, it's a two two hundred thirty four mile race. This will be the first one. It's the long, oh. longest one there is. So, so. you're gonna do mm-hmm. what you did, the Bigfoot two hundred, which is two hundred five miles, mm-hmm. and then you're and, gonna do another twenty nine miles. Yeah. yeah, that's ridiculous. That's what I, I need to run a buyer. I mean, we it was successful last time. We got um, you know, a lot of people followed along, which is what what we wanted. You know, cause when you were running, yeah, yeah, um, with the live tracking. And it was cool because that the race is so special, and she's so special as far as her passion for this and and um, creating these opportunities for people to really test themselves. And she and, was on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. What's her last name? Candace Burt. And the key parameter number what? what do you remember which um, number was it? No, four or five was it? I'm not sure. Okay, people will find it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good though because she's super super cool, and so she's putting on this new one in Moab, and it's you know further than any other race and so i want to do it but there it is race number three moab 200 yeah why do yes. they call them 200s when they're 234 i don't know that's what it's I. it's like I, the bigfoot thing called bigfoot 205 <laughs> god damn it 205 <laughs> I miles i feel like i feel like 34 miles is a little too far just to round down <laughs> it's a weird number i mean i mean let's call nice the, ring to it 200 the the, the how about the Moab 250? That's mm, closer if you're going to round. I like that. I like that. It's yeah. better. It sounds better. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's a 234.3. And pl- if you run 234 miles, an extra 16, probably just like, who cares? Yeah. I'm already dead. It's a long way. <laughs> it's a long way. Look at that country. Dead. Doesn't that look beautiful? It does. But no, it's going to be in July, isn't it? No, no. Uh, October. Oh, okay. So that's not bad. You'll be f- fairly cool. Now, you were saying that when you do one of these things, you don't sleep. No. Like you slept like maybe an hour a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and that's how, you know, if you want to win, um, the guy who won Richard, it's total beast. Um, I was asking how long, cause my goal was to win. You know, I, I right. didn't, 
achieve my goal. My goal was to, I wanted to get the fastest ever. So I came up short on that. But what, that, t- what place did you place? I finished eighth. Yeah. So I was winning through 62 miles, I think. And Richard passed me. Fuck Richard. <laughs> no, he's, he's a stud. <laughs> but uh, I was asking, I'm like, how long had he been sleeping, you know, at these checkpoints? And they said 15 minutes. I'm like, what? So I'm like, so I decided I wasn't going to sleep until I got 100 miles done. I wanted to get at least halfway done. So I got to 100, slept for about an hour, and got up. And then I ended up sleeping uh, for three hours total over the, the 78 hours. So you sleep about an hour a day if you want to, if your hope is to compete to win or to, uh, you know, place high like, like I wanted to. Jesus Christ. You just can't sleep. You don't have any interest in doing that? No, do no. We talked you. about it yesterday. I said absolutely no <laughs> fucking way. Yeah, yeah. It takes a, a, a rare kind of kook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just you know you, you know what it's just like it's a different type of test just to see sure, what sure, you're sure. capable of. Yeah, I get it. I, I get, get it. it. I get it. I'm just not that into running. <laughs> do you run at all? Uh, like this morning, I got, I ran the treadmill before I hit the weights. But just to warm up because there was nothing in the the gym I was at, but not really. You can go with us yeah, later. Maybe I'll come with you guys. I can yeah, run. Fuck Conan, let's run to Conan. Can we run to? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck Conan. You'd be breathing brake dust and all that terrible shit. I say, out oh, yeah, all that crap. I, out there. I, I say we run there and then shoot bows there. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell shoot Conan. Conan. Look, this is yeah. what we really should be concentrating on. <laughs> Isn't he like ten foot tall? He's yeah, a big he's guy. Pretty tall, very like tall six, guy. Six seven or super six, nice guy. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah. You went, when somebody was on his show, you like went with him, right? Sturgill. Sturgill Simpson. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I went and hang out with him down there. Didn't he, did he won a Grammy yeah. this year? Yeah. He won a Grammy. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. He's a, he's another guy that's like a super famous, super successful guy that yeah. you would never know if you met him. It's just as normal really? as they get. Yeah. He's nice. fucking working <clears throat> on a, a railroad car. Like he was uh, working for uh, a train company just yeah. like uh, a couple of years before he made it. His wife talked him into doing music. She was like, you know, you don't suck at this. Well, that's what <laughs> then, shocked me about when I met Cameron. He, I, when we came out in the conversation, he's still working for uh, uh, yeah, your u- utility utility company. Dude, I've been trying to like, get him to quit mean? for two like, years. You're a professional hunter. And, and I was like, you do all this great stuff. I follow you. What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I still have this other job. And I'm like, wow. I was like super, you know, I was, uh, it's a lot of respect oh. for him. I've been trying to get him to quit forever. Yeah. We have more time. How many times have I tried to get you to quit? Today? About, <laughs> about 10 today. He's like, let's go to Hawaii. We can hunt there. They got all sorts of axes, dude. Oh, yeah, axes, dude. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome. So that's in June. Yeah, well, I'm going, and I'm yeah. trying to drag him along. He's like, I have to quit my job. I'm like, oh, good. We shit. killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so it's like, yeah. You're going to go with like Shane Dorian or something? Yeah, yeah Shane's going to yeah. be down there. My nice. friend Remy Warren's going to be down there. John oh, Dudley's yeah. going to be down there. It'd be a gay old time. <laughs> hey, Flintstone man, if you got style. an extra spot. You want to go? I for real? To, yeah. I'll see if we That'd can make awesome. something happen. I'll yeah. see if we can make something happen. I'll find out what's going on. But apparently, uh, Lanai in particular. Yeah. Well, they say Maui. Uh, Remy Warren just got back from Maui. So Maui's got good on the, on the south side. Yeah, they've yeah. got a lot down there. Yeah. So have you hunted there too? No, oh, I've never, never got a chance. No, Where have you hunted? In South here, mostly in uh, the S- Southern California area. Hmm. But uh, you, when you uh, were hunting, were you still hunting spot and stalk? Like, how, what are you doing? No, tree just, stand. Just knowing the areas with with a, you know a friend who, who mm-hmm. knew the areas and walking and you know uh, flushing them out. 
And you were doing it with that Ross bow? <laughs> Why are you laughing? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> he's, he's just a little bit uh, self-conscious about the Ross yeah, bow. Nothing wrong with that it. Thing, no, that, man. That, thing's a, that thing was a good bow. It ki- a hey, time. it killed a deer, apparently. Yeah. So, well, now that you have a Hoyt, though. Yeah, that thing's like the most balanced. I mean, you feel immediately. When you They're so good. Those new ones are so good. It's so crazy because the first one Cam ever got me was only four years ago. Yeah. And you would think like, wow, that's, you know, that's pretty recent. But yeah. And it was awesome at the time. But if you had to go back to it today, be like, oh, this piece of shit. Like, look at this thing. It's like, <laughs> but not really. But bow no. technology just keeps increasing. Yeah. Every year they get a little better. A little, a little bit better, better. A little bit better. Yeah. Sure. And you might not know. I mean... Because I always say, it's like, oh, I don't, I try not to be the guy who's like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever shot, but it's slightly better. And as we know in hunting, that, that, there's a fine line between success and fail- failure. So that slightly better might be the difference. Yeah. You know a lot more. I'm an amateur in comparison. Now, to, and and I, don't, I, I don't want to I sli- did beat him. I did, did outshoot him he a did. couple times yesterday. He did. Did you really? Wait a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're I, taking a liberty. I remember. A liberty there. I remember a time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that is the beautiful no. thing about archery is that there really is no perfection in archery. I mean, you yeah. can get a perfect shot, but to be yeah. perfect every time time you shoot has never been done really no sure. well i will say by the end of the day we were out there in the parking lot of uh, riverside archery we had a 46 yard shot and scott was laying them in there nice. i mean a nice tight group we were shooting three arrows at a time i mean so and that's just in, in a day with that new bow that new and, bow yeah yeah did we were cam and i were talking about this today if people knew <clears throat> how good it feels to like steady yourself anchor like look through that peep sight, breathe, release that arrow, and watch it sh- thunk. Yeah, right where you're. It's the best feeling. It, it feels is. so good. Yeah. Well, we we filmed today, and so I took a shot, sixty one yards with that with my big old heavy arrow, and I shot, and I like run up to the to the binoculars, and I look, and it was a perfect shot, and I was like so excited, it was like the first time I ever shot a bow, and that was not. That's just. How fun it is. This is yeah. how excited I still get. And we're just, and people, I told Joe, I said, if people knew this, or I mean, they're going to watch us and go, I want to do that. Yeah. That looks awesome. If you're, after 30 years, you're getting this excited. It's just, love we, it. I, we were talking about this today, and I want to bring this up. And I think Hoyt should do this. The big entry barrier in, in learning archery is having someone teach you. And like going somewhere and not knowing how to get started. Like once you get started and you say, oh, I'm a 28 inch draw. Oh, I like a 450 grain arrow. And you know all the stuff that you need. Then it's it becomes easier to sort of do. But mm-hmm. the beginning, it's so daunting and confusing. Yeah. The learning curve is so long. They should have, like Hoyt should have a Hoyt Academy or a place you can go where you could buy a bow, they size you, they fit you up to the correct draw length, and then you sign up for a class and there's Mm -hmm. a teacher and they show you how to do it. If there was something like that, whereas like, you know, you can go take karate somewhere, you could take jujitsu somewhere, go try to take archery somewhere. There's not a lot of places. And if they are, you know, like the first place that I went to was a little fucking sketchy. Uh You know, they weren't, they didn't really, you know, my draw length was too long. Yeah. it's good pro shops are hard to find. I hard. mean, I, I'm lucky with the bow rack back home, um, and Wayne does that. Wayne yeah. takes takes he teaches them right. He coaches them, and uh, it seemed like Riverside Archery was that Chris there. Um, He's a nice guy. Oh, totally, yeah. and, and totally <clears throat> knows archery yep. too. So, mm. but those might be 
unique examples because there's a lot of pro shops. I mean, this guy who works with Under Armour is telling me about his pro shop back home. Um, they like were almost making fun of him. His his actually not him, but his cousin was in there trying to get set up with a bow, and it's just like <laughs> we made fun of him. Why? Because he's in, is, in he, he didn't know. Oh, he didn't know. It's just like, I, so you never know what you're going to get. You know, there's all sorts of different type of people out there. I was, I pulled up to the hotel uh, to come up to LA because I got to do some press. And uh, <laughs> I opened up the hotel with the Hotel Bel Air. And I opened up the door of my truck and it, all, all the field tips come out. Oh. And everyone, look, like the bellman's looking at me going, what the fuck are you doing with two compound yeah. bows in the car right. in LA? Yeah. Yeah, they don't know how to handle that. Yeah. yeah, if you were in Cam's neighborhood, they'd be like, "Oh, you bow hunting?" Yeah, out, out here they're like, hmm, "Yeah, it's crazy." What's this yeah. guy doing? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna kill somebody. <laughs> Probably right. Or or you're a big Walking Dead fan. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. show drives me crazy. When those arrows just stick in those zombie heads, I'm like, "Why do they just stick? How come there's no pass throughs?" Yeah, you know, and that's. Uh, on Fighter and the Kid yesterday, we, they're asking about that. They're like, <laughs> what would an arrow do? Would it go halfway in like in the movies? Oh, my God. And I'm like, it, it wouldn't even slow. You, you wouldn't even feel it. It wouldn't even right slow down. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like, and I told him about the, we put up this bear clip. Joe, yeah. before we, I think before we realized the venom that'll come out of, of bear hunting, but Joe retweeted the video of this bear stood up and was grabbing this beaver up there. And I shot it, and we had a GoPro on the backside of it. And the arrow went through the bear, came out the backside, and it was just like, didn't even slow down. No. I mean, and just kind of all this stuff kind of came out with the arrow. It was just like, what was the sound? That was it. Like, that's, that's the sound the yeah. arrow made going through the bear. It just bear. blasts through the bear's body, and then the bear went on a full sprint. Yeah. You know, pat, right, right, almost right where you guys were, just yeah. slightly off to your right. This yeah. bear goes – and when, if you've never seen a bear sprint before, like when you see them lumber around, yeah. you go, oh, well, I kind of get an idea what that thing can do. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. You know, that thing is like Usain Bolt when you threw an arrow through it. Right. And that so that's a four hundred pound bear. So you can imagine what you know. Brian was asking about what is he one hundred and sixty pounds? Something Brian, like that. He's about one hundred and ten. <laughs> Maybe one hundred and six somewhere around there. But anyway, I told him I said, yeah, these bows wouldn't even slow down. You no. wouldn't even know what. It, I mean, you would be too late. It would yeah. go through you, and then you'd go, "What just sat? Oh, why am I? Yeah, yeah. Why do I see Grandpa? Yeah. So Walking Dead, Grandpa." <laughs> Grandpa's reaching out, holding your hand. I missed that one. Taking a skateboard through the clouds. But yeah, so with the with the Walking Dead, yeah, they got some rotten zombie head, and the arrows are just sticking in it. So, hey, speaking of near death experience, I wanted to ask you this because I listen to your podcast a lot, and I, I know you talk about um, DMT and you know some of the stuff you th- see when you know, like it produces in your mind or you mm-hmm. produce it in your body, right? Uh, is that the chemical that? You, you release like when you die or when you have like a near death experience they believe so here's believe here's so. the here's the the deal they didn't know for sure until really recently that it was, it was even produced by the pineal gland now that they know there's a the guy named so uh, it is produced by yeah the there's a guy named rick strassman dr rick strassman out of the university of new mexico and he put uh put together these clinical trials that were the first ever fda approved clinical trials on a psychedelic drug uh, first ever on DMT, and they were done in uh, New Mexico, and he did them, and he wrote a book about it called DMT, The Spirit Molecule, and one of the things that he found, it's a great book, and one of the things he found really fascinating, and I read the book before I ever did DMT, 
the thing that he found really fascinating was that these people had these uniform experiences. Yeah. It wasn't like one person saw this thing and then another person had a totally different trip. No. They all had like fairly uniform experiences. And here's the other thing that's really fascinating. Their experiences in many ways mirror the experiences of people that have been abducted by aliens and people that have near-death experiences. Mm. And the connection, they think, is that the brain produces this chemical called dimethyltryptamine. And we know that it's produced by the liver, and we know that it's produced by the lungs. And then in Eastern mysticism, it always thought that the pineal gland was the seed of the soul, that it was the the third eye, that literally in reptiles it has a retina and a cornea. And actually, it's like literally an eyeball in the center of your head. And in the, the Vatican, there's a gigantic sculpture of a pine cone in the Vatican. And that pine cone is supposed to represent the pineal gland. See if you can get a photo of that gigantic pine cone. And I was actually in the Vatican last summer, and I had a conversation with a guide. We had this really cool guide. He was a professor who was explaining to us all, all the different stuff that, you know, it's all the different symbolisms and what they mean. And um They've their Eastern mysticism and a lot of ancient religions have always been focused heavily focused on the pine cone and pineal gland, mm. and that is what that's supposed to represent that mm. that gigantic pine cone in the middle. And of, I hear there's uh, something now like people smoke pine cone or there's some really people yeah there's some people some, smoke socks if you give them to them but some apparently it's like. <laughs> No, but I, I, heard, I heard that. I mean, I heard that now that there's some sort of – because DMT is like a plant, right? It's plant-based, yes. right? That is the thing, <laughs> is that the DMT doesn't just exist in one plant. It exists in thousands of different plants. Sure. That's why they have ayahuasca. And what ayahuasca is is an orally active DMT. So DMT, normally when you eat it, your body produces something in your digestive, digestive tract called monoamine oxidase. That blocks it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so what ayahuasca is, is DMT from one plant and an MAO inhibitor from another plant. And they combine it together and they create an orally active DMT. Because otherwise, you'd just be tripping every time you eat a salad. Like you, you, yeah. you get some wheatgrass juice, you chip your balls off, but your body <laughs> keeps that from happening. Gotcha. But the purpose of that DMT and what it does in human neurochemistry is not really understood that well. But what they do know now because of Rick Strassman and the work of the Cottonwood Research Foundation, which is a, a foundation that's dedicated to exploring these subjects, they've found that in live rats, rats or mice, I forget which one, that they've proven that their pineal gland is producing dimethyltryptamine, which is what they've always, it's always been anecdotal evidence. So now they know that it's not just produced by the liver and the lungs, but it's also produced by this little gland. And this little gland, they think during near-death experiences and during heavy REM sleep, it's producing DMT. How much? They don't really know because they would have to get in there and they'd have to somehow or another figure out a way to measure it while you were alive. They haven't figured out how to do that yet because it's in the center of your head. They'd have to yeah. drill in yeah. there and tap it. and Who knows how the fuck they could do that with today's technology. But maybe someday in the future they'll be able to figure that out. No, I've been, I mean, I've been fascinated by it uh, ever since listening to you talk about it and then uh, watching your documentary on DMT, it. the spirit molecule. The spirit yeah. molecule. That's all based on Strassman's work. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I tried it one time and it was... It was, you know, it was unlike anything for the 10 minutes I've ever experienced in my entire life. Um, and so it was, you know, after that, I've obviously read all the stuff, try to, you know, what's interesting is I think no one will probably ever know. Until right? you do it. 
or no, I just mean it, what, what it is. What, 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 yeah. like, what, there's something, there's a phenomenon happening that we just, as humans, do, can't possibly understand. Yeah. And maybe we'll never understand in our lifetime. Well, you know, there's two different ways of looking at it. One is that it's a, a human neurochemistry um, and that is a, a chemical that is just producing these crazy visuals. And it's just all the meaning that you attach to it is just your own. And then the other way of looking at it is it's some sort of a chemical gateway into the afterlife. And that what you're seeing is like the souls of these people that have lived before and all the people that have ever lived, like a sea of souls. And I don't know what, who's right or who's wrong, but it's impossible to describe. Like you possible. describe it, it's yeah. just like you're just throwing words around. Just, it doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's produced by your own body. That's the weirdest thing. Like everybody has it. Like Terrence McKenna used to do a joke about it. He said, everybody's holding. Like <laughs> it's a schedule one compound, but everybody tests positive for it. Wow. Like it's, it's, a, it's a, it, illegal. But is it, is it, it illegal? Like, I mean, how, do, how do they how do they decide whether it's going to be illegal if it's pl- you know if it's a plant based problem? Thing? That like, is the problem. Just the, I mean, the plants that all contain thing, it are all legal. They're all they are all legal, and then it's illegal. Mm-hmm. But it's in all these legal plants. But it's in thousands of plants. That's part of the problem. It's like you can have a San Pedro cactus and keep it in your house, and everybody's like, "What's that?" Like, "Oh, it's a pretty cactus." Uh, d- yeah, but it's also there's drugs in that fucking cactus. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where mescaline comes from. It comes from that, really? you know. I didn't yeah, know anything about it? Mm. Yeah, trip your balls off from a fucking cactus. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's. Crazy. I mean, when the peyote rituals, that's yeah. from a cactus. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a San yeah. Pedro yeah. cactus. Huh. Is this mescaline the same thing as peyote? I think so. I think. I think see, see if you can Google that, Jamie. Pay, I believe that peyote and mescaline are it's just in like some that's, way. A, that's the slang or something for it. Is it? Yeah, mescaline is occurs naturally in the peyote cactus. Yeah, so you could have that cactus in your house, and you're basically a drug dealer. But meanwhile, you're not. You're a little old lady who enjoys succulents. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, it's such a pretty cactus. I love it. Uh, I can go out of town for a week and come back, and it's fine. Yeah, so that's a really cool-looking cactus that people keep in their yard all the time in L.A. Like, one of the things in L.A., because of the the drought that we have for so many years until this year, which is awesome. Everything looks like New Zealand out there now. Yeah, it's, it is nice. But people would have these uh, hardscapes in their, their yards where they would just have rocks and, and succulents and cactus. So there's a lot of people that have those cactuses. That mm. cactus, you could go meet Jesus with that cactus. Mm. Have you done it? No. Peyote? No, I've never done peyote. Yeah, that seems... Uh it seems like a long, it's a long, cool. long time, though, right? I think it's, like, it's one of the longer ones, I think. Yeah. I think it's a few hours. But so is ayahuasca. You know, I've never, I haven't done that either. I've only done the DM, the what DMT is like a shorter, more potent form of it. Yeah, but uh, I've done it several times over the course of an evening, where it's like been like a couple hour experience. Do you feel like it's? I mean, obviously, you know, people who have done it, they know it's just like it's not something that you're doing recreationally. It's something that's like, okay, you do this this one time. It's or or you know, a couple times. It's not like you're out going to the club. Oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's a very no, no, no. spiritual sort of. Thing you do that word spiritual is so beaten down. It's one of those words that I don't even like to use. Okay, because it's you know what I mean. It's like like so many people like I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Like it almost (laughs) seems like you know what I mean. It seems like I got a spiritual gangster show I'm about to throw away as soon as I get home. (laughs) Joe Rogan says not cool. Well, it's not that it's not cool. It's just it's kind of been co opted by nonsense. Sure, you know, and not even nonsense intentionally. I mean, people say that they like they'll say things and they don't mean anything. It's not that they they're lying or they're being deceptive. It's just that it's such a problematic word. No, yeah. What, what I what I mean, I guess I can say better is is uh, it's 
it's a experience that you know is something that's very powerful. It's very and, profound. And you want, yeah, it's profound, and and you you want to sort of do it and and talk about it and have collective sort of discussion about it you know yeah and it's also there's also a real problem with perception especially amongst people that haven't experienced psychedelic drugs that when you say the word drug or you say psychedelic compounds maybe because when you say the word drug people automatically have in their head oh you're a weak person you're trying to hide from reality you know you're trying to shield yourself you're just trying to get high and just lay around like i don't i don't want to be here man it's couldn't be further from the truth. It's yeah. like one of the most self-exploratory, mind-opening, and deeply disturbing in its profound and powerful sure. effects. It's it's very shocking, and you leave it once it's over. You you're a different person, man. Now that you just now that you know that that's a real possibility, you're going to be a different person. Yeah, maybe I was. Maybe you won't. I mean, it's it all. I mean, it depends on where. How you're coming into it, and then what kind of defense mechanisms you have, what kind of ego you have, sure. whether or not you can just realize, like now that you've seen this, you know that life will never be the same again. You're you're always going to know that that's a possibility that you can smoke this crystal powder that's extracted from from plants, and when you smoke it, you're transported to a world of love and understanding and geometric patterns of infinite description to the point where like you can't even describe you you don't you don't even know what you're looking at while you're looking at it it's just so beyond like lifts the veil from what we think is reality yeah and it might be heaven it might be the afterlife it really might be it might there might be a reason why people think that heaven is filled with ultimate love it's because people have had near-death experiences and they've come back with these stories and during those near-death experiences it's entirely possible not just speculative not just like it might absolutely be that your brain is producing this dimethyltryptamine that it already produces in high doses and that's what it's there for we don't know you know sure but you've done it yep yeah, a lot of people have done it now. Like I know. more more people than ever. That's crazy. In history, for sure. For yeah. sure, more people listening to this now have experienced DMT than probably at any time in human history. And that, yeah, I tell people when they ask, you know, I say, you know, if you haven't done it, you should do it because it's it's mind-opening. You know, you go, "Well, okay, you realize it, you, it's humbling, I think too." You go, "There's a lot we don't understand that's happening." And then we may never understand and, and to be so close minded to think we know one path or the other, what's the right thing or the wrong yeah. thing. This is just really arrogant. It's very ego shattering. <clears throat> it's very ego shattering. And it also, once you know that that's possible, it's like, how is that possible? How is it possible that you're just 30 seconds away from that at any time? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't have you done it? Never experienced it. No, no, I can't. I get drug tested at work. He drinks Miller Lite, though. Well, I don't think it's even uh, <laughs> that wouldn't even come up on a drug test. It's like plant based, right? I mean, that wouldn't no, even, it wouldn't come it up wouldn't at even all. Come up you, you, on a drug you, test. Your body tests positive for it always because uh, you have it in your yeah. system. Okay, let's do it. Where is it? <laughs> it's back home. Just kidding. We got to go into a vault. <laughs> Michael Bisping's going to get mad at us. Why? He was mad that you're talking about smoking pot all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. When? A couple of days ago. For real? Mm-hmm. Why was he mad at that? I don't know. It's silly. Why would anybody be mad at that? Pot's <laughs> awesome. Settle down, Mike. He, he talks about drinking beer all the time. Mike's always drunk. Like, they did this whole thing where he's talking about being in Vegas, and, you know, he was uh, talking to GSP, and GSP is like, you're drunk. He goes, of course I'm drunk. I'm in Vegas. 
Because I, I just got here. I was drinking last he night. He said he doesn't put up all the time that he's drinking beer. Did you see this, Jamie? Why can't, GSP, why can't GSP... Uh, no, Bisbing. Oh, but go drink ahead. Drink beer. You're talking about GSP. No, well, no, Bisping was drunk. Oh, okay. And he and GSP called him out on it. Like he said, like, you, you smell like alcohol. He's like, yeah, I was drinking all night. The fuck's oh. wrong with you? I'm in Vegas. <laughs> okay. Well, why would Bisping be upset that I talk about beer or I talk about pot when he's always talking about beer? That's silly. Maybe he, that's not he, true. Would you, you sure? Jamie. You find that? Jamie's going to find it. Hit, he's talking about you and... He's probably uh, just making fun of me. You and Diaz. Nick Diaz? He's probably trying to get a fight with Nick Diaz. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Maybe. Maybe he's angling <laughs> for a fight. I figured you would have seen it. No, I love Michael. I, I think he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. That guy's tough as shit, man. Can't even see out of one eye. I know. He's got one eye that's all fucked up. They filled it. They did an operation on it and then filled it up with oil. So that um, it yeah. doesn't the the retina doesn't rupture again. When uh, so he's fighting GSP. When is that? Do we know when? They do not have a date. They're trying to figure it out. But Bisping has said that if GSP can't make it by July, he'll fight somebody else. Huh. So he might fight. Yellow How old Romero. is GSP now? Michael Bisping blasts Joe Rogan and Nick Diaz for positively promoting cannabis. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> but that might not be real. Like, you know, by saying blasts, you'd have to hear, like, what he actually said. I can't tell what it's from. It doesn't it's say. all clickbait nowadays. Yeah, anyways, yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. So you might have just seen that. It might have literally been, oh, he's probably hanging out with Joe Rogan. You know, did like you one see, of those Did things. you see that, uh, that 60 Minutes on, uh, and all the, you know, I know this word's a it's topical a good picture word, of you. The you. fake news or whatever you see, the, yeah. the 60 Minutes yeah. on it. Did Hashtag no, fake I news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I mean, that, that word's sort of popular now yeah. because I think, I don't know. Some people have said it and mm-hmm. you know popular, but it's it's a it's amazing now. All the people profiting on it, it really showcases. You should yeah. check out the sixty minutes. Oh, we we had it. Stuff. Do you remember the <clears throat> you saved me from a bear attack? Oh yeah, <laughs> there was there was <laughs> yeah. There no, go. I got attacked by a bear. Joe yeah. shot the bear, and there's yeah. a whole article. Oh yeah, yeah. That was all it was. I got one that said I killed a mountain lion yeah. with my belt. That's right. At, at, uh, outside of comedy, house. At outside the ice of... house in Pasadena. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, I mean, what do, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think that it's it's a? Uh, I mean, all that stuff is pretty. Do you think there should be controls over it? Like just outside of being, you know, the FCC being able to like sue people or whatever that never really happens. It feels like. Do you think that it should? I don't know because then there's like things like the onion. It's like when do you draw the line? Because the onion is hilarious, so they'll make like a subtle parody of something and make it completely preposterous. Right. And then like pull up a good example of an onion headline. It's like the onion is onion. onion? Do you don't know what the onion is? No. The onion is a famous parody news site where they make stories that just if you're smart, you read it and you go, what? Like Stephen Colbert or something. He's making a a parody on it. Yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah. Yeah, and most of them are pretty humorous, but occasionally people will tweet me with like an onion story and like, can you fucking believe this shit, man? It's getting out of control. (laughs) And then you you read it and you go, hey, dummy, this is uh, this is comedy. They're writing. People people don't have common sense, so that's a problem with that clickbait stuff. Is they believe it because they don't. They can't read it and be like, ah, that's probably whatever. It's just like they believe everything. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that the case with like cults and the Moonies and Scientology and like? There's a lot of nonsense that people believe in. It's, yeah, it's not sure. hard to get people to believe in shit. 
Sure. It's a good question. Like, what do we do about it? Do you leave it up to common sense, which isn't very common today? No, it's not. <laughs> or do you do you step in? Yeah, rookie Justice Gorsuch, how do you say his name? Assigned to Supreme Court overnight shift. <laughs> it's a joke. See, because he's a new Supreme Court guy and they're giving him a shitty gig. See, that's not real. But if somebody read that, they're like, this is bullshit. These fucking liberals, they're just because he's a conservative, they're putting it Put yeah. on the night shift. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no night shift. Man tries using pink six-pound bowling ball to great amusement. That's not real either. You see, like, it's like what they do. They write these articles that are comedy. But they fake, they pose yeah. as news, which is a little, I think it's different because, right, if you have, you know, if you're fiction and you're posing as... As real news, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like where do you, where you know, if obviously like there's no more journalistic integrity. It feels it feels like. Well, I mean, there's, there's some. Some, there's some, there's yeah, some, there's, there's some. some, there's some. It just feels like there's, uh, you know, it's just, uh, how do you, I how mean, do you know, how do you, how do you, you know, you, you read the news, uh, you're misinformed. You don't read it, you're misinformed. You're right. not informed. It's like well, you know, what do you do? So have you been the topic of something? Oh, I mean, no. There's, t- I mean, there's been fake stuff about me. Yeah, for there? sure. Oh, you. Like, that's like, like my setting. My dad said, you know, believe half what you see and none of what you hear. Right. You know, I always laugh because there's always some silly thing. My friends will come to me and say, hey, "Do you really do this?" No, I didn't do that. I didn't yeah, know there's a ton of fake person. stuff yeah. out there. There's yeah. a ton of fake stuff. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff about you. Oh yeah, yeah. I just won recently. I disarmed a guy at the comedy store. Some guy had a gun and I disarmed him. A buddy of mine was a cop. Said, "Hey man, congratulations on that. It's hey, tough, good tough job. To do. I'm like, what? Good job. What did I do? You save people. You <laughs> save you people's can, lives. But you can ruin someone's uh, life, you know, in a second. Yeah. You know, if some, mm-hmm. oh, if someone, yeah, the they, wrong in a way, they say the, yeah. the wrong word. Some, you know, someone says he, uh, you know, they all got to throw is allegedly or something. They say, sure. You know, yeah. Allegedly rape somebody or something. You know, they ruin some poor guy's life. Yeah. Uh, you know, reputation just out the out the window. Well, that's what they've always been able to do with those supermarket tabloids. Say yeah. allegedly from a source. A right. source tells us that Cam Haynes likes to. You know, <laughs> Whoa, like, be careful yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Shoot bows. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's but you great. don't have to do much more than that, and you yeah. kind of cover your ass, and you say, "I have to protect my sources. I have the First Amendment right." And, yeah. It is, it's a weird time. It's a weird time because essentially the boundaries to publication have been dissolved. It used to be that you had to work for the New York Times or the yeah. Washington Post or a newspaper, whatever. Now, you just all you need is a blog or a Facebook page yeah. and you're breaking news, you know, and you just Scott Eastwood admits to... You know, wearing women's clothes while he hunts for deer. <laughs> it's, oh, like, that's going to be I'm on Larry, one. Larry, Larry, yeah. da- Larry David. Larry David. I wear women's underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, that's one of the best lines. Ever. It's strange. It is yeah. definitely, you're right. It's definitely right. strange. But I mean, but who's to decide? I mean, I know they're trying to work on some ways to figure it out. I know Facebook is working on some different ways to block fake news. But who's to decide what's fake and what's real? And who's to decide where it becomes parody? When is it funny? Like, when is it the onion when it's pretty subtle? Sure, sure. And when is it just like some guy making up a story about you, me saving you from a bear yeah. attack? You know, when, yeah. And it's weird. I know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't sweat it's it. It's a tough one. Yeah. I'm not really, not really concerned. Yeah. Yo, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'll sleep well at night. I'll, I'll yeah. be okay. But uh, it's a weird sign like of the time. times. The times are weird. Yeah. We, we have weird times. And this, the, the ability to communicate where anybody can do anything at any time and everybody can find out about it. Like you could yeah. write something on your Twitter page, just publish it, and then 
it gets to the right amount of people, and yeah. then they share it, and then all of a sudden, a million people have seen it inside of an hour. And this, never... this moment, no, it's crazy. But it's pow- it's, it's good, too. Yeah. I mean, we've used that to, for our benefit. Yeah, that's for what, sure. That's what you do all yeah. the time. Oh, that's yeah. what I do. Your voice. I mean, it's right. y- this made you have a voice, or me have a voice. You know, you've always had one, but me, me have one. And so it's, it's an amazing time, too. Well, even my voice is way different now. You're having a podcast, and that's a m- m- much in a lot of ways, the same thing because it's just, I mean, this is a pretty lean operation, obviously. It's just a, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, um, a computer, you know, a Jamie to uh, yeah. figure it out and then we talk and then yeah. you upload it and that's it. Yep. So yep. there's not it's a whole amazing. lot of steps and yet this will probably get 5 million downloads, you yeah. know, or maybe even more. So it's weird. Yeah. It's weird in that sense that it can reach so many different people and then, it's there's there's no sure. corporation behind it. There's no Washington Post, so we could just sit here and just make up a bunch of fake shit, yeah. and just be really adamant that this really happened. And you know, how, a lot of people just, are going to believe it. Well, yeah. yeah, and how yeah. could could someone stop you from doing that? I don't know if they could. You know, no. as long as you're not slandering anybody and you're not getting sued. So I did want. So what's your prediction if uh, if Bisping and GSP fight? Very interesting fight because Bis, Bisping's been a. a a battler, a warrior for a long time. He's yeah. been very active and he's, yeah. he's very, he's a very like well honed machine right now. Whereas GSP has been out of the loop for a solid three years, yeah, no competition at all. However, he's been training the entire time. Yeah. So GSP is not a guy who sits around and, and gets fat and gets nothing done. No, he's constantly training. Yeah. But, then again, he stopped because he was having memory issues yeah. and head GSP. injury. Yeah. I mean, he got hit yeah. in the head 800 plus times over the course well, of his UFC career. In that Hendrix fight, he got hit in the head about 10,000 times, it seemed like. He was a mess after that fight. Yeah. He's been a mess after a few fights. Yeah. You know, Carlos Condit head kicked him and yeah. knocked him down. I mean, he's had some wars. Matt Serra knocked him out, you know. It's weird. It feels like GSP, he's been the champion, but it doesn't feel like he's uh, doesn't have that champion respect for whatever reason. Well, it's because his last fight with Hendricks was super close. Yeah, we watched that here. I did the fight companion. No, remember? not that fight. I was there for that fight. Oh, the you Hendricks, were? Yeah, not Hendricks' last fight. I'm talking about GSP's last fight. Oh, his, I, th- his, I was talking about Bisbing Hendricks. Oh, no, Bisbing and uh, Henderson. You yeah, did the yeah. fight campaign for that one. Henderson. That's when Eddie Bravo went full Tower 7. Eddie got super drunk, was worried the Illuminati was going to come and get us. Um, but <laughs> And I said knockouts were better than submissions, I think. Well, a lot of people like it. But GSP's last fight with Johnny Hendricks yeah. was super yeah. close. Oh. Super close fight, and GSP retired with the belt. Yeah, I thought, I thought he lost that fight. Just, I mean, A lot Hendricks, of people did. Yeah. A lot of people did. Yeah. Either way, it wasn't like this big victory. It's yeah. not like the way he beat down BJ Penn and stopped right. him. And it's not if he said, "Then I'm going to retire." I yeah. had a great time. Thank you very much. Everybody would be like, "Yeah, we love you, George." Right. But instead, it was a close fight. So people were like, "Hmm, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if he got the belt. Right. Maybe, maybe should have went out with a loss there. Who but, knows?" But but don't you think Bisbing doesn't have that championship type respect? He does not right now. Yeah. And the reason he does not is because he defended against Henderson, yeah. who wasn't really ranked that high. Right. And he really shouldn't have got a title shot, but it was a rematch of one of the most epic knockouts ever. Yeah. Because Henderson 
flatlined him and then punched him in the head while he was down and mm. flew through the air. And that's Henderson's logo now. Yeah. Henderson's logo is literally a silhouette of his body flying through the air, ready to drop a punch down on Bisping's unconscious body. Yeah. So... And then who else has he defended? Then he yes. defended it. Um, after he did that, he um, who the fuck did he just fight? No, he's fighting GSP. That's the next fight. So he defended it against Henderson, and then the next title defense is going to be against GSP. He didn't have one before Henderson. No, no, no. no. Now he won the title by beating Luke Rockhold. Oh, Luke, yeah, then yeah. He defended right. it against yeah. Dan Henderson, and yeah. now he's going to fight GSP. Right. So okay. the, I, the 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 thought is, how is this guy getting two fights that aren't? Luke, right, Luke. You mean well, you look at number Luke, one contender, Luke Rockhold, or Yoel Romero, who's the right. number one contender, who's fucking terrifying. Which he should get the shot. You yes, think. Yoel should get the yeah. shot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. If you look at it in terms of who's the most viable contender, who's mm-hmm. the guy that you would think would be the most threatening guy, who's the guy that might be the uncrowned champion? Yeah, you got to go with Yoel Romero. It, it feels like UFC is. Um, I think you know they're trying to find their way, their footing a little bit with no Ronda, no Connor, no. So they're just going after that big. What can we sell a bunch of pay per views for? And GSP's a big name. What, what, no, 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 go please go. No, I was just gonna ask to what's happening with Connor and that whole fight with uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, is that they happening? Don't know. It's, it has not been worked out yet, so it's not definitive. But there's so much money involved that they think they're gonna make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the the, U, the UFC's got to come to an agree agreement. Or what, didn't he get in trouble with the UFC though, Connor? Didn't Connor for for I don't know not saying something and coming out and saying something a while ago or get fined or something? He got fined for the for the throwing the water bottle yeah. monster oh. energy thing. Yeah, they fined him one hundred fifty grand, then they dropped it down. I think they dropped it to like thirty five thousand. He said like he'd that. never fight in Vegas again yeah. after that, and so yeah. uh, and they're like, hey, relax. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we can't go to here. New York because they're going to go to New York. It's yeah. a debacle. The, the the big factor is another factor is also that the UFC was purchased by WME. Yeah, WME. That's what that's a, an entertainment company. Right, entertainment company is going to try to put on the biggest show they could put on, and that's not necessarily like the number one ranked contender right. fighting for the title. I think that it's an entertainment. I understand it's a business. I understand, but it is also. There's, it's extremely important that you honor the hierarchy of champion and top challenger. Yeah. I think that's critical. Well, you work your way up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pay your dues. You work your way up. You, it's, you're ranked on ability. Yeah. So They're trying to manufacture big fights instead of letting big fights build yeah. themselves. Evolve. Yeah, Bill, big fights evolve when you let a guy like Yoel Romero fight, and he yeah. wins. He beats Chris Weidman by knockout, and then if he fights Michael Bisping, and Michael beats Bisping, else. if Michael Bisping beats Yoel Romero, Michael Bisping becomes a superstar, right? You know, and it's a tough fight. It's a real tough fight. If Yoel Romero beats Michael Bisping, first of all, he looks like a goddamn superhero. Yeah, so that's easy to sell. You know, <laughs> you look at his highlight reel of smashing oh, people to the fucking man. moon. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, he's one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever competed. You know. He he medaled in every single international competition he entered. He beat yeah. Kale Sanderson, who's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He beat him twice. Mm-hmm. He's just a freak of freaks. Do you know who Yoel Romero is? To, Jamie, pull up a picture of Yoel Romero because he doesn't even look real. No, he doesn't. He's like one of those guys who are like, what is that? That's a person? Is that a real person that, or a CGI it? person? Just so jacked. Who did he? Oh, he beat... Uh... 
He beat everybody. No, no, no. But in that last one with the flying knee. Chris Weidman. Right. Oh, my God. He flatlined him. Yeah, because it seemed like that whole fight, he wasn't really doing much. Look at hardly. that. Jeez. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. That's a real person? <laughs> but he did this. not look fun. This, <laughs> so this, jacked. This, the fight against uh, Chris Weidman was sort of like hanging in the balance. And then he did some flying knee. Yeah. Hit him in the side of the head. Yeah, I was pull just up, like, "Where did that come from?" So pull up that video that uh, Yoel Romero KOs my um, Chris Weidman. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, there's an animated GIF of that. Oh, here we go. Go to the video. It's fucking insane. <laughs> like, look how even how he he, he fucking flies oh when he lands. No, but look how he turns around already and lands punches. Here it goes. Watch this. Boom. How recent was this fight? Uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I was in Australia. I don't think I saw it down there. He's just a freak, That's man. Crazy. And it cut the biggest gash in the side of his head. Oh, wow. Yeah. See if you get a clear video of it. Superman fly. Yeah, look at from that. From like another angle. But it, he's just uh, yeah. a freak of nature and but science. That, that's, that's, that's cap- he's capable of that at Watch any this. second. Boom. But like the amount of force behind that. He's just flying through the air. And that's like so irregular too. It's kind of like the way like. Chuck Liddell used to hit like real irregular, like a knee, flying knee to out of, your out face, of nowhere right? type yeah. thing. Well, he's just so he's so explosive. So his ability to close the distance is stunning sometimes, and people aren't prepared for it because he's such an athlete. But in that fight, it didn't feel like he had been doing much. You know what I mean? Right. It felt right. like he was just kind of like, God, when, when is he going like, to get off? It was a close fight for and sure. Then, and then all of a sudden, just some out of nowhere. Yeah. So whether or not I mean if whether or not Michael Bisping can beat him like who knows but he's you got to give him a chance. Oh, I know. He does he's going to give you all a chance. Yeah. So it seems I don't know. It doesn't seem who life isn't fair, who cares? But it doesn't seem fair that it's GSP. Well, the thing is is it a sport or is it entertainment? I mean, are you right. just trying to put on a spectacle or yeah. is it a sport? And if yeah. it's a sport, if you're going to have the World Series, People play this guy to play that guy, yeah. and they gets to yeah. the World Series. And here's the World Series, folks. And this is we've had all this whole season. We've been building to this moment, and this is the hierarchy, right? And it's still huge. No, if it's just a show, yeah. put three of them in there. Put you all in there too with GSP and Michael's Bisbing. I was Do that, saying all three. I was saying that they should have because you're dealing with a guy in GSP who's been out for a long time. Yeah, have him fight Nick Diaz. He's been out for a long time too. Neither yeah. one of them is ranked. They, have both those they guys. fought before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have a rematch. Yeah. That's the fight. That would get a ton of, ton of pay-per-views. Fuck people yeah. love to, People love Diaz. They love him. I don't yeah. think people even know how much people love him. Yeah. I don't even know if the UFC knows how big of a star Nick and Nate are. Yeah. 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 Sacramento, right? California. Yeah, but Bisping would like, oh, they're fucking smoking pot. <laughs> Take him away from <laughs> fucking promoting pot don't, use. Don't, don't those guys... <laughs> Like do crazy insane cardio. Do oh yeah, things? yeah. Just like Bisping's got insane cardio. The Diaz <clears throat> brothers no, have no, insane Diaz, cardio. Yeah. Um, Nick has swam back from Alcatraz five times. Excuse me. Whoa. Five times. Yeah. I said twice once, and he corrected me online. He said yeah. five now. Well, like, they they compete race every year. They compete in triathlons yeah. all the time. Yeah. You yeah. know my you know my you know my dad uh, actually uh, he was in a, a plane crash uh, in his early twenties and it was off San Francisco. And he had to swim like a couple miles in that water really? to survive. Yeah, holy Whoa. shit! He yeah. crashed into the water. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't know that. It's uh, Whoa. it's it's pretty crazy. He and and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the details, 
but uh, just you know from growing fake up fake news <laughs> fake news exactly um, but what happened was he was in the army and uh, it was right around the, the time the Korean War was starting and he was they were flying they were doing a routine flight or, or something and they had to crash land in the ocean whoa and it was getting night and I I believed I believe the pilot died, and I could be wrong on that. The pilot died, but it, his, the other guy he was with survived. So him and, him and uh, this other guy, they were, they were swimming to shore, and they got split up because it was getting dark at night. Whoa. And so then now they're swimming alone, Whoa. and anyone who knows uh, you know, San Francisco, it's cold. Dum, dum. <laughs> yeah, dum. yeah <laughs> definitely Jaws water. Dum, 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 dum. That's where they breed. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Great uh, whites breed in Northern California. There's like a nesting ground up there. Yeah. Like fucking not, not where you want to crash a plane then. Not where you want to swim from no. Alcatraz five times either in your no. underwear. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know. I guess they st- I've heard of that race. Thinking, yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's crazy. You've done that. Yeah. Wow. So your dad had to swim two miles? Yeah. Something like that. Maybe more. <sighs> it could have been more. I mean, Fuck. But it was long. It I'm was good long for so. a couple hundred yards. Yeah, swimming's not and easy. Then I start looking for a log to hang on to. I, I, I think I think your dad has property in Oregon, or a house or something. Does he? Not that I know of. He, we got a ranch up in uh, Northern California. He's had a ranch for for a long time up in um, uh, east of um, uh, east of Redding. Oh, okay. It's, uh, Maybe I'm getting uh, it. So. It's it's in uh, if you don't know Bernie is in, the, in that sort of area up there. And then it's maybe like, like like Shasta sort of area. And I think. I think we have a big uh, sawmill yep. right where I live, Warehouser. I think he, this could be wrong. I think he worked there. Your dad worked at the Warehouser sawmill. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Jamie, I never, I never heard that, that. Look, there's a lot of. I've heard. Cra- I mean, I've heard crazy things. I've heard crazier. Um, Let's see if this is crazy. Maybe yeah. as on DMT. <laughs> How often do you get to hang out with him? Uh, well, I've been busy a lot. You know, I was I was gone for six months in Australia. China, um, and then before that, I was working on Fast, and then before that, I was on a movie. Uh, not as much as I, I'd like, uh, but he is turning eighty-seven this year, and uh, that's I'm taking some time off to because wow. I really feel like that's an important important time in my life to yeah. try to be around him. Yeah, <clears throat> eighty-seven. I know yeah. that's old. <sighs> it just happens. You yeah, know? It does. all of a sudden you're eighty-seven. I didn't, that's almost ninety. I didn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like Clint Eastwood would be almost ninety. Yeah, I know. I would have thought seventy. It's it's strange. Yeah. Wow. Because he was just. Um, so he had you when he was like in his fifties. Damn, 50s. son. Yeah. Just getting wow. shit done. He's, <laughs> he's well. I got I have a sister. I have a sister who's uh, nineteen. She might just turn twenty. No, nineteen. Wow. So he, he was he was getting it done. Even in his sixties. <laughs> yeah. Slinging it in the sixties. <laughs> Ooh, I get it. Yeah. yeah, so he was married to that girl who was a newscaster or something, right? And then they did a reality show. Well, he, they, she did a reality show. Yeah, he that wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't do it no, at all. No, he was. It was in no episodes at all. Well, yeah, she might have gotten him into. An she episode might have forced him into an episode. <laughs> yeah, happy I remember wife, that was going wife. on. I was like, what? <laughs> this one ain't gonna work. <laughs> no, that wasn't his. That wasn't his thing. Was Was he married to the? Who was the woman in like Sandra Locke? Yeah, every which way, but yeah, yeah, they were never married. Oh, they weren't. Okay, they were she never sued married. the shit out of him though when he broke up with her. 
Oh. That was like a crazy story that he was like blocking her film projects. Oh. Like she was trying to claim that. And he was like, what? Oh. Yeah, I don't think he has time to deal with that yeah. kind of, those kind of right. things. Well, yeah. she had gotten some sort of a deal mm-hmm. when they broke up to do like some film projects. It was mm-hmm. like part of like the you know separation deal. Yeah. And uh, she was claiming that he was somehow or another blocking them, if I remember the story correctly. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Nothing like a woman scorned. Look at that. He did. Hey. He worked at the hey. pulp mill. Oh, wow. Well, wait, wait, but that's, well, who are you reading this on? Wikipedia? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he did. Maybe. Me, me, my, I'll ask him. It's I'll all ask real, him. bro. It's, it's on the internet. It's got to be real. <laughs> I think he did. Hey, look, I don't I know if you know that. about Wikipedia, but this is why I know it's real. Because anyone can enter in information <laughs> yeah. and edit it. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's so, so 100% rock right. solid. So rock solid. Because <laughs> yeah. why, why would anybody put something that wasn't true up there? Yeah. I think Wikipedia still says Brian Callen's my brother. Really? Somebody might have changed it, but I left it there forever. Yeah. Well, he could, he's as jacked as you. He is almost as jacked as me. Yeah. It's close. <laughs> he, was, he was flexing up Too close today. to call. He does flex like crazy. He, he's such a silly goose. Yeah. That guy's the best to go hunting with. Because for five days, like we were, like uh, the last time we went, it was just nothing but jokes. Just yeah. constant laughter. He's, because he's like, he's the best at a captive audience. Yeah. Like if you're stuck well, in you a can't car go with anywhere. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to make us, he's the guy to make, make a scene. Uh, well, he's just funny, man. He's yeah. a, he's like just, I'm not funny that way, the way he is. He's like a, just a natural Showman. clown, silly yeah. person. Yeah. He's yeah. always silly. And w- the first time I took him to Montana, like we we went hunting with Ranella. Like it was just it was six days of gut busting, howling laughter. Does does St- Steve seems more like dry though? Like does, Steve's funny. Does he? he he's oh, a funny guy too. Okay, especially if he's got a couple pops in him. <laughs> he's a funny dude. But Callan had this character called the Ravine Comer, and uh, he couldn't. They wouldn't put it anywhere. They wouldn't release the footage, but they filmed it. It was him. He was doing this character of a guy who finds every time he sees a ravine, he has to come. So he runs towards <laughs> a these ravine. Ra- yeah, and, he, and Callan's like pulling his pants down, and he's like screaming that he's like sh- shooting loads into this ravine. I mean, I'm not doing it any justice because he's like way over the top. He's like, God, yeah. oh, the, oh, the fucking ravine. Oh. Like he would just whenever he'd see like a, any sort of a, a valley, he would have to pretend he was jerking off into it. Like, <laughs> just. It's, I'm telling you, it seems so ridiculous, but you know, you're. you're I think loopy. everybody's done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Jerked off into a ravine. Oh yeah, of course. But when you're loopy, you, you know, you get up at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's dark oh, out. You're freezing. He's yeah. the guy. He's just yeah. making everybody laugh. Yeah, that's what he. That's what he mentioned. Hey, there is something weird about that, like in, in the woods when you're waking up super early or, or going surfing super early. You're sort of delirious, and you're, yeah, and you're like, "What the fuck are we doing? Why are we putting ourselves through this shit?" And then you know you. You obviously do your activity or whatever it is, and you're you know happy you did it, but it's a it's a, it's a weird delirium hour. There's also some weird thoughts that go through your mind when you're sleep deprived that don't ordinarily go through your mind. Sure. It's one of the reasons, like some writers on purpose will wait until like really late at night until they write. Like the the writers that wrote for news radio, the sitcom that I used to be on, yeah. they would wait until like two or three in the morning before they started writing. They would just stay up and get silly and joke around. It is two, silly and creative. It yeah, can be silly some, some yeah. way. That's yeah. usually when I make a post that I wake up in the morning and read and be like, oh, why did I yeah. say that? <laughs> I did that the other day. I was in New York. I was uh, sat at a bar and we were, we were, you know, we were all celebrating sort of, you know, we were fast and furious stuff. And uh, I wake up in the morning and there's, 
me screaming, you know, singing Tina Turner at the top of my lungs at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> What's love got to do it? Like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Oof. Yeah, Oof. out of context, that could be a problem. <laughs> it's a story. Yeah. It was so not part of any of the story, yeah. you know? It was just that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you drive in Fast and the Furious? Yeah. Do you drive? Did you drive for real, or do they have... How does that work? No, we, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't do a lot of the... You know the the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting is done by professional stunt guys. You know the it's a you know it's a big liability. Right. First off, you know, and, and those stunts are. I mean, they do an incredible job of keeping everything in camera, uh, or at least a lot of it. You know, obviously they can't do cars flying over submarines and camera and stuff, but uh, they do a really good job of, of of utilizing the stunt driver's talents and and. And keeping a lot of stuff. But do you drive at all? Is it ever you driving? Yeah, you like pull up to a thing, uh-huh. or then you know do a couple lines or a scene or something. But you're not doing you're not doing the you're not going sideways around a corner. No, yeah, no. you know what always drives me nuts with those movies? They crush these awesome cars. Yeah, like yeah. they take these awesome classic cars and smash them. I'm like no. Yeah, yeah they used wondered, a, a 700 or something were destroyed in the making of this. 700 cars. What yeah. in the fuck, man? It's like the Dukes of Hazard. Like one of the biggest bummers about the Dukes of Hazard is watching these old Chargers slam nose first into the ground and then pretending that thing's okay. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There was some of that jumping off or driving off the snow, what mountain or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's some stuff. And Spoiler still, alert. <laughs> still, still the, the cars fun. But you know that's funny because you said 700 cars were ruined. I shot an iPhone in slow motion one time, and people were saying how wasteful I was. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you not care? That's Wait, wasteful of what? Wasteful of what? Gigabytes? No. I wasteful know. of the phone. I wasted. Somebody could use that phone. Don't you know? Do you remember the first? Oh, you shot it in an iPhone. I shot. I was I shot, like shooting in slow motion. No, no, no. I shot it with an arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shot an arrow. A waste of a phone. Yeah. We shot some here. We shot some in that back studio right. for Unbox Therapy. Yeah. But, I set up some uh, iPhones because they they had they came out with some new glass. Right. That was back when I had the ninety pound factor too. <laughs> yeah. I blew right through that thing. And that, people yeah. were like, "That was so wasteful. You could have yes. given that to somebody." And I'm just like, "Oh my." You know, someone's one, got an opinion about everything. Go watch a movie. Days, you know, yeah, yeah seven hundred classic cars. Yeah, they well, they weren't. They weren't. Cl- I mean, well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, some are Pintos or you know right. whatever. You know, oh, okay. you know, I don't know. How you call them classic. They, they, they weren't all, old, but they weren't all the Vin Diesel driving car. No, okay. no. How, how about the shooting? Did you guys actually shoot guns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, because not there live ammunition, you... but blank, blank ammunition. That's yeah. pretty standard on movies. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. you had some shooting scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I was told that when you do a scene with uh, a gun and blank ammunition, you're still not supposed to point at the actor. You no. Sh- no, no, I mean, if anyone's got good gun discipline, you know, for, I mean, that's how I grew up is, you know, good gun discipline, you know, muzzle down. It's you know, always. But I mean, like, even in a scene where you're shooting at oh, someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to sort of offset it. Yeah. Especially if it's close. I mean, they do testing and stuff first to see, and they'll tell you, hey, you can't pass this line, you know, if you're walking up and you're going to pull it, draw a gun on somebody, mm. that, you know, we don't want you to go past yeah. this line or so. Um, and then, if, and obviously, you know, hey, can you not aim it directly at their head they'll find like right. a, a good point for you to aim it at that's they yeah. can cheat with the camera a little bit i'd heard that that happened after brandon lee got killed yeah. in the movie the crow <clears throat> yeah and that was a bad one 
Yeah. No. They had real ammo in there, right? No, there was, was like something was, was piece, in there. Piece, piece I think, of, of, of it, lo- it got. Oh. You know, what happens is sometimes, like, what happens is uh, sometimes, you know, in, even in these airbags, the same same sort of stuff, they had all these uh, recall in these airbags, is what happens is these blanks, you know, sometimes they'll. they'll They'll bunch up together over time if it's an old blank, the gunpowder, so it it can like harden. Oh, and then it'll it can shoot like a, like projectile. a projectile. Yeah, like oh, almost you know? like a couple of shotgun pellets. Wow, yeah. and it just penetrated and that, that the right them. spot and killed them. Yeah, God. crazy. It was a forty-four is. Magnum, I think. Wow. So there's a ton of power behind it. Crazy. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So now they just point it to the side. And what yeah. about like fight scenes? Do you, do, you, do you have to do fight scenes, like especially you having sure. a martial arts background? Did sure. they have you do scenes? Yeah, I didn't do. You know, the, there wasn't a terrible amount of uh, a fight. You got stuff slammed. From, you slammed against yeah. the wall. <laughs> I get I get slammed around a little bit uh, <laughs> in this one, but uh, sure, you know, in, in other films, I love doing that stuff. That's the fun stuff, especially right. you know, because because you get to hang with the those are the you know some of the coolest guys on sets. All the all the stunt guys, mm-hmm. you know, they're all you know like minded people. All you know, martial art background guys. Um, and so you're just choreographing all day, working that out. And then you get on set and you're doing it or you're, 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 you're doing it with them because they might be playing the, you know, villain number seven or something, you know, something. So then you're, you've already sort of got a shorthand with them and you're, that's, that's the fun stuff. That's cool. It's way better than dealing with like a difficult actor or something. Do you ever do that? Yeah. Who's the worst? Oh, come on. You're not going to get me. <laughs> just, You're not going to get me. Make, make their name rhyme <laughs> or something else. <laughs> just make their name rhyme. Yeah. Like, let's, you know. Uh, you, you'll, you'll get me in trouble. Like Sin, Sin, Sin Ships, guys. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I thought it was torpedoes, but. Nope. Might just be lips. And, lo- and loose lips. <laughs> yeah. In the scene, uh, The Rock picks him up like and slams him holds him against the wall and then drops yeah. was that apart. real was that real it's real with <laughs> <laughs> it's real with some assistance there's some movie magic but he's, he's a big if, guy I mean, if it was guy, real you, you would have dropped him and choked him out right <laughs> that dude is so jacked he he's took like, a photo of him after a workout the other day and I'm like what yeah f- he's huge he's so disciplined too he, yeah 4 a.m. Like, 4 a.m. man yeah do you, does he is, like when you're on set with him is he just always doing that like What's his deal? Yeah, he's just extremely disciplined guy. Um, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. He's uh, he's he knows what he wants and he is going to get it. Like he, he is not. There is no no. He is taking it down. He is making movie after movie after movie. He's going to go do it. He's uh, you know he eats religiously. He's got, you know, he's got yeah, these meals that come. Meals. You know, which is uh, I love doing uh, meal prep stuff because uh, it's great. It makes his life one less thing to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah very religious with it. Look at that. Um, Get the fuck out of Dodge. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that piece of meat. He's more jacked now than he's ever been in his life. <laughs> yeah, I think I he's know. I think he's 44. Yeah, 44 or 46 or something. Yeah. And I mean, just That's crazy. Uber jacked. Yeah, he's And a stud. continuing to get more and more jacked. Yeah, still still putting in the work. <laughs> yeah, he's not done getting jacked. He's he's keeping pumping it. He's keeping it going. It's just yeah. uh when you see his schedule and his workload and then you there's always some new project he's doing, always yeah. he's doing a TV show and he's doing a this, yeah. and he's yeah. doing a that. I know. How the fuck does he have time? And he's hosting this award show and he's like doing something for the troops and then he's doing this yeah. movie and he, yeah. Finishing up that movie and it's like how? I, yeah. I, I tell you, the travel is what kills me. I know you probably you've been in show business yeah. for all longer than all of us, you know. Um, and uh, the travel is what kills you, right? These long flights and then jet lag and then trying to you got to go hit the gym. And, yeah, 
Well, I did a podcast yesterday. My brain just wouldn't fire right. It takes really? like to me like a day or two. I just flew in from Buffalo, and it just takes a day or two like for your brain to like resync. Like yeah. today, I feel normal, but yesterday yeah. I just was like foggy. Well, if you, it, I, I haven't tried it, but I keep hearing about the what you're supposed to do with the light for the jet lag because like the simulation of light wherever mm. you're at and they, they have you know you're supposed to put on the eye thing like when it's supposed to get dark like say mm. you're flying into the light you're flying you know going away all those eye covers yeah, yeah and and simulate wherever you want where you ever you're supposed to end up yeah and that really is supposed to help with jet lag i was reading a podcast about alaska about people that hunt in alaska and then when you go up there in the summer and you get like two reading hours of a podcast did I say reading, reading a podcast? podcast yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> That's the second time on this podcast. I've never said it before. Maybe I'm still not really recovered from <laughs> Buffalo. I'm in denial. Excuse me. I was listening to a podcast oh, okay. where they were talking. This guy was talking about how usually he sleeps like a baby, yeah. but he went up to Alaska, and because it's it's only dark for two hours a night in yeah. the summer where they were at, and right. I think they were in the Brooks Range. Yeah. And uh, he was saying that like after like six or seven days, he started getting delusional. Yeah. He gets just delirious. You yeah. know, too much what's going on. Yeah. That's that same with that circadian rhythm. Is that just the light? Because they say the light affects the optic nerves where you're supposed to produce melatonin. Yeah, yeah. And this Makes guy was sense. saying that the way to mitigate that that he didn't know at the time, but he was told by someone is to wear a mask. That those those sleeping masks you see in movies, you know, they always look so silly in movies. Yeah. But those things are actually effective. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I, I've been sloppy about it, but... Uh, Fucking Alaska, though. You need it. Have, have yeah. you ever been in the summer? Oh, yeah. It's awesome, yeah, right? many times. It's yeah. weird, though. We would hunt. We would bear hunt until... I used to go with Roy almost every year. We'd bear hunt until... Oh, God, I want to think. One in the morning. It would go. We'd go back, eat, and then go fishing at Jesus like Christ. three in the morning. It, it was like dark for an hour. <laughs> Then we'd go fishing, then we'd start baiting again, then we'd hunt that night, then we'd do the same thing. No sleep? Which part of Alaska? We were, uh, it's like the Susitna River, so it's just north or south central, basically. Okay. It's I've, just, I've been up there a few times, been up to like Seward, yeah. Seward and, and then up, I think, north where they do like uh, salmon fishing. Yeah. And it's where the commercial guys will come in and they'll, they'll it's like they net them. Yeah. But... They'll you know, the tides get so low right. and stuff. They'll they'll do like they'll drive on the beach with these amphibious uh, uh, boats. Yeah, it's crazy, and they'll like lay the net and stuff. It's it really is the last frontier up there. Oh yeah, it really is. It's amazing. Yeah, too cold though. Too cold. How dare you? How dare you, San Diego? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, so a, I'm a total pussy when it comes to, to weather. Well, you lived in Hawaii and now you live in San Diego. Yeah. It's like, come on, man, you're in paradise well, yeah. both times. Yeah, right. I just you know you. They're, you can get anywhere now, right? Yeah, San Diego is one of those places where people in San Diego don't want you telling people how good San Diego is. They're mad at me. There's a thousand, thousand people screaming right now going, yeah. shut the fuck up. Well, yeah. the traffic already sucks. Yeah. yeah, It's way worse now than it used to be in San Diego. It used to be it's way true. easier to get around. It's true. It's good skydiving. Have you... I, I, I have. I, I have. Have I you? Jumped, yep. Down okay. there on the border, uh, like El Cajon-ish area. Where was I? There's like some lake. There's an Olympic training center out there. Do you know where that is? No. Oh, I can't remember what really. the lake was. But, really. but people don't realize about San Diego, too, is like, it's a lot of ranch land. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's obviously the coastal area is just a little sliver. Yeah. And then uh, you go east, and you're right in Rancho Santa Fe in five minutes, and it's yeah. just beautiful orange. It's old California, you know, uh, 
you know, tons of ranch land, people riding horses. Goldberg's got a ranch out there. Oh, really? Goldberg the wrestler? Oh. Yeah, he's oh. got some badass place out there. He keeps his muscle cars. I thought Mike Goldberg. No, Mike Goldberg my, lives in Phoenix. My boys, when we were watching UFC the other night, they were like, bring Goldberg back. A lot we, of people want to bring him Goldberg. back. <laughs> there was a, uh, there's a survey someone did online where it was like, keep John Anik, me, and Dominic Cruz was A, and then Goldberg was B, yeah. and it was like 90% B. Yeah. Yeah. I sent it to the UFC. <laughs> did you? Yeah. What do you th- Look at this. What do you think of that? <laughs> I don't know, man. So, you know, Goldberg. I get it. People want change, especially if they own it. You know, you, you yeah. pay $4 billion bucks right. for something. Put your signature on something, I guess. You want to change the color of the car. I bought yeah. a new car. It cost me $4 billion. I'm going to make right. it red. I always wanted yeah. it red. Are, yeah. are you going to, uh, uh, I was going to say a fish night, but you're not going to marry them. Are you going to commentate the, uh, that fight if you, if, if I mean, would, would you be the front runner to be one of the commentators if they do the uh, uh, McGregor uh, Mayweather, Mayweather fight? Most likely, no, because it's a boxing match. Yeah. Most likely, I'll just I'll be here watching it on the right. on the screen. <laughs> I can't think, wait. I can't wait for it though. Yeah. If it happens, I mean, uh, I just don't think so. I think it's that it's a. I'm not a boxing commentator. I know a lot about boxing. <clears throat> Followed boxing since I was a kid, and uh, I've commentated on kickboxing bouts before, but I've never commentated on a boxing fight before. It'd be kind of cool though. If they had you know a couple two guys from boxing world and you because I maybe mean, you're they're, they're two worlds co- like they always have sort of. Jim Lampley. Yeah. Right? Is that who they always have? And Max Kellerman, who I oh, really yeah, love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Max. He's I love that guy. Yeah. I would, I would be happy to do a, a pay-per-view with Max Kellerman. Yeah. I think it would be fun. I, yeah. I'm a big that, fan of cool. that dude. It would yeah. be a different perspective just because with McGregor coming out of the UFC. Mm-hmm. Or Paulie I mean? Malinaji. He's another one. I really respect that guy a lot, mm-hmm. too. He's a great commentator and world champion boxer. Yeah. Yeah, it would be maybe. I may but most likely no. Most likely I just do. I'm doing less and less of those. I just uh, I do ten a year now. I would just uh, the most I'd ever done. I think it was up to like twenty four a year. It's just too much, man. Mm-hmm. Again, so you, oh, you, don't, you don't. You don't. You're not doing them all now. You're no international pay per view anymore. You just said I'm done. Just I'm only low, doing domestic. Just no Fox ones anymore. Like all those big Fox shows. Yeah, I can cut all those out. All I do now is domestic pay per view. That's it. Gotcha. So it's about ten, ten a year. Yeah, the international man. That, that just kills you. Oh, fuck that. We had fun, though. We went to Rio and watched yeah. Ronda. That yeah. Was, that oh, was fun. Cool. Yeah, Cam came with me down when she fought Betch Cohea yeah. in Rio and starched during the first round. 34 That was seconds. a good time. It was fun, but you remember how sketchy it was. I mean, we were driving yeah. around a bulletproof car. We got an armed yeah. guard with us everywhere. It's, yeah. it's fucking, wow. you know. I've been down there. I didn't, I, I didn't have any of that. They must, you must be a... Pretty big down I'm there. I'm very important. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> extremely important. I thought it was. I thought it was for me. It could have been. Know, they they know, they're a big bow hunting fans. Bond, yeah, yeah, and they know that you don't pack a piece, so they're like, okay. Well. Yeah, we was down the, there with Giselle, and she was that was she was taking helicopters around. Oh yeah, to get around. That was a. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that was the way we were in Sao Paulo actually. Oh okay. Yeah. To avoid being carjacked, is that why she took helicopters? No, I, I, well, I think it was just. I mean, I imagine there's some. Maybe I have no idea, but. It, I think it was just avoid traffic. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot traffic. of traffic. So the traffic Apollo. is terrible. I mean, yeah. even where we were, the traffic was terrible. There's yeah. like one road. Well, that's Rio. Yeah, we were by the beach. That was yeah. a problem. Remember when we got to the fight, it took forever to yeah. get to the fight. Yeah. They were like, you have to leave three hours early. We're like, what? Yeah. And then you get in the car, you go, oh, I get it. 
that was while it was going on. It was while we were talking to Dana Lash on the phone. Yeah. Because it was right when Cecil the Bear was happening. That the lion. Cecil the... Oh, excuse oh, me. <laughs> I was reading about <laughs> it in a TV show. <laughs> talking about, <you're> <laughs> about Cecil the kangaroo. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was, uh, that thing was going down, man. Yeah, I remember that. That was, good. that was at the time. But yeah, that was the last time I went to Brazil. I was yeah. like, I think I've been to Brazil five times. Yeah, I love enough. it. I love the Brazilians. I love the food down there. Yeah, it's great. fun. It's great and everything like that. We but were going to go see Christ the Redeemer. We, yeah. that, that was our goal to go do that. Do you know what a process that is to go see that thing? No, really? Oh my God. <clears throat> it takes forever. It, it was like a whole day. You have yeah. to take wow. buses halfway, then other buses. And yeah. It's just like you cannot just go up there. Okay, I mean, it's better just get a helicopter. It's a pretty dope statue, though. Oh, it's amazing. I wanted to be there. So we got one from afar. We had it in the background, and we were like... It's pretty cool, though. Yeah. It's yeah, I'd pretty like cool to, to be up I'd there. like to fly it. I'm, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pilot. I'm a helicopter pilot. Are you really? Pilot. Yeah. Oh. No kidding. I, yeah, yeah. And so I'd like to, I'd like to fly that. That's kind of like, You know, for pilots, it's kind of like, oh, that's a bucket list place. I'd love yeah. to oh, I'd yeah. love to fly. And Circle you have that. Other, yeah, other places. Now, know? how does that work? If you have a license in America mm-hmm. and you want to fly in Brazil, obviously you can't fly a helicopter all the way to Brazil. No. Well, how far can a helicopter fly? Like, what's the longest distance? Well, it, it, it really it really just depends on what helicopter you're talking about and how many people you're you're with. So, okay, so there's a lot of two people. Balance. The furthest travel the helicopter's ever gone. <laughs> well, that's probably a, a Blackhawk. I would imagine they have uh, dual engines and they have you know they're you know eleven million dollar or twenty million dollar helicopter, whatever it is. It's got you know uh, massive fuel tanks that you know uh, a civilian helicopter right. can't go. I so I wouldn't know the answer. But, uh, Find out, Jamie. Like a, how far uh, is a black house? Well, I'm going to guess. Let's guess. Okay. How sure, far do you guess. think they I bet they can fly for 12 hours. No way. No that's, way? That's a long time. I don't think so. I don't, Bro, I think, I think American I was engineering. Say, like, how dare I, both I'm, of I'm gonna say. I'm going to say six, 300 miles. What? Yeah. That's it? I'm going to say that's- What if someone's chasing a, them? That's They're com- almost out of guess. Complete guess. I have no idea. I, I would, I would, I would gonna go on Cameron's side. I'm saying across the ocean three times- so, no, so no, no, so not even close. If you're, saying, close. if you're saying twelve hours, how fast do they go? Well, it depends. If you're on a if you're in a piston helicopter, you know, or if you're in a turbine helicopter, like I mean, a Blackhawk. Oh, what's yeah. the difference? Uh, well, piston helicopter is is in like a piston engine. Uh huh. You know, like but a u- car engine. Yeah, but it uses it uses you know your uh, your blades this in the same sort of fashion, mm-hmm. but uh, f- f- speed on a on like a, a forty four. You know, you like 130 knots. I think is your VNE, which is your you like your do not 2,000 miles, huh? Jeez, see, Distance without landing, 2,213 miles. Again? Hey, how dare you? <laughs> how, how dare you? I see you? we get your information from. Oh, that's a small helicopter. No, that's a that's an MD500. That's not a that's but not that's a, not a Blackhawk. That's not a that's not a Blackhawk. Oh, see, I was I talking, but know. that's not. I, I don't think that's right. That's is. not right there. What do you either. mean it's not right? It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> we already discussed this. Anyone can edit this. Of course, it's right. <laughs> if it was wrong, they would have corrected so it. So four so four hundred miles an hour, or no, two hundred fifty miles per hour. Mm. That one goes. That's pretty amazing, and that's a that, that's a record. Yeah, that's a yeah. But let's a, find out what. Uh, see if you can Google a Blackhawk. Google Blackhawk helicopter. What would you Google? L- long long, dis- long distance distance capability distance capability or something. Hmm. Distance. Let's see. Two hundred seventy-six miles. Wow, that's a lot different. Hey, nautical miles. Yeah, three hundred. That's three hundred. How's a nautical mile? One hundred and fifty-one miles shorter than other similar rotated aircrafts. Maximum altitude 
is yeah. 6,000 feet. Top speed, 151. So, you see, they're pretty fast because, uh, you know, a turbine helicopter, well, you can get some civilian ones. The MD-500 is a pretty what fast What is that helicopter. in, when you say knots, what is that in, like, mile per hour? 151 uh, knots. What is knots to miles per hour? I would have to check. Why do they say nautical miles, too? What is well, the nautical miles are longer than than. Um, oh, than so that's pretty miles. close. One point. Yeah. 1.15. Okay, so it's 1.1 mile per hour for every one mile an hour, a knot yeah. to a mile. So it's almost it's more than 150 miles an hour. 300. Or wait. Yeah. I thought it was 200 and some. It said 150 knots, didn't it? 150 knots. Yeah, so it's 1.1 to each. So no, some, 276. What's that? 151 knots. Top speed comes at 151 yeah, that's knots. Nice. That's... Two hundred sixty-one no, nautical far, miles. Flies, yeah, distance. yeah. I typed in distance, and that's the first. It can answer. so it can fly. Oh, I see. So not is it? Would you was the last this last one knots or miles? You just googled the this second last thing. thing. Was, what just how what nautical is miles? miles? Yeah, it's just yeah. knots uh, to miles. Well, knots to miles, but not nautical miles. Right. Okay. It's the so, same thing though. Not one nautical oh, mile per hour. That's what a knot is. It's oh. a nautical mile per hour. Oh. Okay. So the speed of knots is the same as nautical miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. So, I wonder why they don't just use miles. Why fucking confuse the shit out of everybody? <laughs> that's a, hey, it's the same thing with... Well, the standard a, metric system. Did you know that a knot and a nautical mile were the same thing? I just learned that. I didn't know that. But it's just like Adam, you know Adam putting up Celsius for temperature. Oh, I Adam Greentree? Yeah. He I was in to, Australia. I know. I just say nobody knows what Celsius is. What, should he put up American dollars, too, yeah. just for Instagram? Yes. <laughs> What do you do with that stupid green money? Your money's the wrong color. Sorry, mate. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird when you go down there, too, because everybody looks normal. And they start driving on the left-hand side of the road, and they talk weird. And the the steering wheel's on the wrong side. It's all fucked up. They don't know what they're doing. So they're not normal. But they are great people. I was just down there for six months, and I I really do like the Australian people. That's the second place I would live other than America. 100%. Number one is Canada. I'd move to Canada first. You would? Yeah. If, if shit to went kill down. Bear? To, to kill fucking everything up there. Moose. <laughs> like, I think if it's the nicest people in the world. Oh, I think no. Canadians are the nicest people on earth. They're always sorry. 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 Sorry, eh? Sorry, eh? <laughs> What's it all about? <laughs> but, so that's like the place I'd live first other than America. Number yeah. two is Australia. It's like yeah. a close second too, especially Melbourne. I fucking love Melbourne. Yeah. Such a great, you like Melbourne great city. I love both of them. Yeah. They're both awesome. But They're Melbourne, good. I just had a great time in Melbourne. The amazing food. The shows we did were amazing. Yeah. It was just such a great time. Yeah. I really like Sydney. I, the, the, whole, the whole country, man. It's just great. And the, it's, it's got so much more open space. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's just huge. Yeah. The it's huge for the amount of people they have there. Less yeah. people than in the greater Los Angeles area. And the entire country is the size of the United States. Yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a lot of country, though. That's one of the reasons why they're so nice. I, I do hear, though, that there, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the desert out there with, like, nuclear waste that they're allowing them to dump out there. Huh. Oh, they're trying to make some Godzilla-type shit. <laughs> That's what they're doing. That's what I would do. Yeah, Let's see what happens. Crazy. Some what? spots out there with nothing but spiders and crocodiles. Throw some <laughs> nuclear yeah. uranium out there. Yeah. There's some there's some stuff out there that can kill you for sure. Everything oh, out yeah, there, you know, you. right? You, he's yeah. going. Yeah. He's, he's headed down there soon. I'm super jealous. He's going to do 18 days. Yeah, hunting water buffaloes and kangaroos and shit. You going to shoot a kangaroo? <laughs> no. Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to hunt kangaroos? I don't yeah, think, you are. You are down there. Can you? Yeah. You yeah, stay yeah, still. Kangaroo meat, turkey, and stuff. Oh, okay. It's supposed yeah, to taste know. good. It's supposed to taste like venison. What uh, What movie were you doing there? 
Uh, I was shooting uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, a, you did that? Yeah. How was that? It was cool. It was cool. Just it was remake, like you said, right? it was like the, you know, you're creating a Godzilla monster type things, right? That's what? a crazy movie, right? Like, how do you act when it's like CGI? How, what is that like? I don't. I guess I don't know what it is. What is it? Pacific Rim's a monster movie. So oh, is some, it? Some shit grows in the, mo- in the ground oh, and okay. comes out and yeah. fucks everybody up. It's kind of like the dinosaurs, but in the yeah. future. It's oh. like the dinosaurs came back. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of okay. cool. It's a, it's a very cool concept. Uh, Cam's Guillermo a no-nonsense guy. You throw Godzilla past him, <laughs> yeah. his eyes roll back in his head. It's like, bitch, I ran 205 miles. I got no time for fucking monsters. <laughs> I got no time for monsters. I'm a bow hunter. I got no time for fake monsters. That's I what got I, bears. That's what I told Scott yesterday. Is like, you know a lot about a lot. I said, I know a, sort of a lot about two things. Running, <laughs> running and bow hunting. It, anything I else? Know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't shit know about anything. shit, man. I'm only, I know I'm a lot. I know a lot about two things. I know enough to pretend I know a lot about everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you ask me about martial arts or comedy, I can give you some long ass answers, yeah. and I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. But you get into other area, I'm like, hmm. I better Google Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, 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 where are you? I, yeah. I just need Jamie to follow me around. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, no one's better at Jamie than pulling shit up. You're in the middle of going, wait a minute, is that right? And then all of a sudden, boink, pops up on the yeah. screen. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's an invaluable resource. That makes me look so much smarter than I really am. <laughs> this is, there's no way you can know everything about everything. And no. anybody who claims to is an asshole. This yeah. is just, it's not possible. Well, how much information can your brain even take, right? I mean, good question. you know, they, they say some of, I've heard several times now that you're only supposed, you're only supposed to be able to really recognize 150 people. Yeah. Right? Something like that where it's... Yeah, they think you can have relationships with 150 people. Right. Which is a lot of guys are super psyched about that. They're like, yes, yeah. get this one thing. <laughs> Woo! 150. <laughs> <sighs> this is great. Oh, uh, yeah, it's God. called Dunbar's number. Yeah. Dunbar's uh-huh. number, you, you keep 150 people in your head that we have friendships with. It's very strange. Like, yeah. And the, the idea is that our brain was designed to absorb the names and faces of people that are in our tribe. And then when tribes get over 150 people, they're essentially unmanageable. Mm. Yeah, I well, believe it. I believe it, too. I think it goes back to what we were talking about when we we're saying that people aren't designed for cities. They're not designed for this life and for televisions and uh, lights that you just switch on and off that mm-hmm. we're really designed to. This is the reason why you feel so content when you're in the mountains is right. that your body's designed for that, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And for hunting. So, yeah. sorry, anti-hunting psychos. <sighs> Poor people. <laughs> I, I, hate, feel, I hate the city. The, you know, the anti-hunting people, you know, they just, they get food easy. You, you know, should, it's easy to get food. You if, should if it see wasn't, they would turn. The brim, <laughs> they would fucking all, listen to me, you turn. fucks, all of you. You would shoot yeah. a rabbit right in the face if you were starving and your kids were crying. Guaranteed. If it gets ugly, if it all gets ugly, you become a predator. Guaranteed. You, guaranteed. Well, because animals are going to hunt you too, fuckface. Guess what? Yeah. You're out there in the woods by yourself and you're making a lean-to and you, you have to fight the coyote that's trying to drag your kid off in the middle of the night. Yeah, that coyote gets roasted over an open fire. Yeah, with a big yeah. smile on your face. It happens. Yeah, Brendan put up a picture of the grizzly I killed up on his page yesterday. Oh, my God. The tsunami he, of butthurt. He had, to text, he had to text me and tell me sorry about all the hate. And I'm like, I, do, I said, dude, I, I just told him, hey, you got to take the good with the bad. I said, this is all part of the deal. It's interesting that people, you know, they don't understand. Like, here's my favorite one ever. When you were talking about bear hunting and like you, you were saying, you know, that the, the bear populations have to be controlled. And the mm-hmm. woman on the show was like, that's because you've killed off all their predators. Like, yeah. 
What are you talking about? Dinosaurs, bitch? Yeah. What the hell is killing a grizzly bear? Are you crazy? The only thing that kills grizzly bears is other grizzly bears. Yeah. Unless you want to have a grizzly bear cannibal apocalypse going on up there, you got to control their numbers. Yeah. I know, and that's. And I told Brendan that too. I said, "Listen, these people just don't realize that if the grizzlies, uh, the brown bears up there, where you can kill two a year because there's so many of them, that if if we didn't control them, there'd be no moose. You know, there'd so, be no deer. There'd be no a lot of animals, especially the moose. They just focus on those moose when the calves are dropping, mm-hmm. and so those follow the pregnant, you know, female around and and eat the the calf when it drops. And with without us controlling them, those would be gone." Yeah, you know, 100%. So, sort of I mean, like similar with, you know, I don't know exactly the numbers or anything about but great white sharks, right? We, like everyone's protected those for so long that then like that's that will start screwing up the cycle because then you're – the tuna – so I'm going to get this wrong, but the, the tuna population – because we're, we're taking all the tuna population. Right. right. Everyone's so psycho over tuna and raw fish, right? Yeah. So then – and we're protecting all the – great white sharks and, mm-hmm. and some of the other sharks um we've just completely off balance the situation because that's what they eat mm. i'm sure well anytime people intervene in the natural world and step in and in protect like a big one way. thing and not the others and well yeah. we have to intervene sometimes i mean we have to, we get it animals they just don't manage themselves what i mean by intervene is like what they did in australia where they brought over feral cats to control the rats and rabbits and then they start eating the ground nesting birds so they bring in foxes to try to kill the cats and then the foxes kill everything but the cats and like jesus christ so why did they bring the why did they bring the cats it's a long story but they brought in rabbits in Australia and the rabbit population got out of control and then they brought in cats to deal with the rabbits but the cats didn't just eat the rabbits they also started decimating the ground nesting birds and all the other local rodents and then they brought in other things to deal with the cats and now hunters are like it's Australia is weird. No, like water they're buffalo, hunting magazines. Water buffalo are not from there. That's true, too. They're from Asia. Everything in Australia, yeah. so, all the stags so, and yeah. crocodiles, I have yeah. heard, right? They're like some of the big American crocodile were introduced I'm not from sure America. about that. What? No, I think they're from Australia. <clears throat> I don't, know. I don't know about that. Those saltwater crocs are huge. Yeah, they're a know. bigger crocodile. Maybe I'm thinking alligator. American. I'm thinking alligator. American alligator. Over there? Do they have alligators in Australia? I believe so. I don't know. I don't know that either. I'm not sure about that. But I do know that they they show cats in their hunting magazines. Yeah. In their hunting magazines, dudes hold up cats like, I got one, mate. Like, and they think it's cool. But it's the same as in America if you killed, like, a coyote that's killing all the neighborhood pets. People would, like, shoot it with a bow and arrow and then take a picture of it, and they'd be happy. Yeah, Yeah. good. You got that fucking kitty cat eating coyote. (laughs) But that's how these people are in Australia with the cats. It's all just culturally relative. It is. It's, it's, It's no different. When we were there, last time I was there... Had this big uh, white stallion, uh, a Bromby is what they call it. It's just a horse, yep. you know, coming. And, uh, you know, Adam's telling me, he's like, oh, man, that's that's a trophy. You should you should kill that thing. And I'm like, what? I can't kill a freaking horse, dude. And it's like, <sighs> but it's a Bromby. I mean, so that's, and it was by itself. It, was, it looked awesome. You know, it comes all the way up. I'm praying it would go somewhere else. Now it comes 20 yards. Wow. And I'm like, Could, I couldn't do it. But Good for that's, you. Just, that's just because, you know. Where we grow up, where we live. Sure, to, you're conditioned to to them. You know, horse, horses. To them, that's just you know, that's something meat. to hunt. It's me. Yeah. Well, yep. I ate at Joe Beef in Montreal, the uh, restaurant. It's yeah. a great restaurant in Montreal, and they serve horse. They served. Uh, they had horse uh, horse loin 
and uh, they also served horse tartare. So it was like raw yeah. horse and horse loin, and we were like, ooh, because wow. it's, it's an amazing restaurant, but they're like super creative with yeah. their dishes. Uh-huh. And uh, both times I was there, they gave us horse. No, I can't do horse. I like horses. <laughs> it was one of the biggest problems we ever had on Fear Factor. We made horse? people eat horse rectum. Ooh, God. No ways. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my God. I remember that show, yes. but I don't remember the horse rectum. Yeah, it was yeah. huge. People were furious. I'm not so sure it was. <laughs> and yeah. that, was, that was the stop. Because it was horse. It, not because it was rectum. Because it was horse. horse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pig rectum was fine. Not a peep out of people. <laughs> Nobody said a damn thing. But horse rectum was a huge issue. Hey, you yeah. want to cause more problems? How about bear rectum? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want that. No. Bear? Yeah. Why is horse better? I don't know. Did that, did that show Did that show uh, just fizzle out because you wanted you were done with it? Or did it, was it No, it fizzled back? out the first time because it just did 148 episodes and it was just enough yeah. was enough. And it never really got canceled. We just kind of stopped doing it. Yeah. And everybody was done. We're like, let's just fucking stop. Yeah. And we walked away from it. And then several years later, it came back and we did six episodes. And it was canceled because we made people drink cum. What? We made them drink donkey... <laughs> Donkey cum and donkey urine. Oh my! Nobody God. had a problem with the urine, oddly enough. <laughs> really, it's like relatively normal comparison to the cum. But that was it. Oh my God. TMZ got a hold of some of the photos, some leaked photos oh of the donkey God. cum episode, and put it up there. What did you call it? I do not do not remember. I think uh, I semen? think said sperm. I think oh, we said se- sperm or semen or whatever the fuck oh, we said. That's disgusting. Yeah, um, and that was the people. That was the, it. The studio, but, yeah. people, but people did it, right? Oh yeah, oh, all three God. of them did it. All three of them did it. Yeah, it was Enoch. You got to get out of here, don't you? You got to go to Conan. Yeah, Conan. Are you leaving soon. Yeah. Pretty soon. All right. When does uh, f- let's get away from drinking? Come. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. This is troubling. <laughs> Even to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the very few people in Hollywood or anywhere in the world that can say I lost a job because people had a drink come on TV. Yeah, that's true. It's true. What's hilarious is that NBC said yes to that. They, yeah. they, that was all signed that got, off. That got passed yeah. through whatever. Lawyers. QC. Yeah. Quality <laughs> control. <laughs> hey, yeah, it looks a good. A lot of people, a lot of, you know, Everybody's a like, lot oh. of certain, you know, kind of genders drink come all the time. Mm, both. Both genders. Depends oh, on my. Who the people are. I thought oh, yeah, we were yeah. switching. I wanted to. He brought me back in. <laughs> I saw you. You, lobbed it, you lobbed it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the Fate of the Furious, April 14th. That's when it comes out. April yeah. 14th. It's Friday. Are Vin Diesel and The Rock at odds in this photo? I can't tell. It seems like they're was, hey, that Was that tension. fake news that I read? Or oh, was that man. real? Yeah, and it's all... It's all just don't believe any, don't believe anything you oh, read okay. on the internet, including Wikipedia. Some, some real issues. With those two, <laughs> the, the two alphas colliding <laughs> on the set, and Vin Diesel wouldn't take off his sunglasses even at night. It was so strange. Yeah, that's funny. It's fucking dope cars, though, man. Dude, so um, he took off his necklace. So pay attention to that. What kind of cars do they have in this episode? Oh, was That's, that a charger with the flared fenders? Yeah, you got like sort of souped up charge there. You got oh, a super, look at that charger. You got, uh, that sucker was on display somewhere, well, right? That super, charger? Oh. Is it on display somewhere? It might have been. I mean, it's it's one of the hero cars in the, That's in the film. That's a fucking yeah. insane car. Like, yeah. that's, oh my God. That's pretty sexy, right? That looks oh. good. Yeah. Those, that there's some about those American <laughs> cars from the late 60s, early 70s. You just. You just can't get anything like that. Sexy. Yeah. God, they're amazing. Yep. That one's got a custom grill, too. Look yeah. at that grill on that sucker. Whoa. Need it. 
No Ram truck, huh? No. no. <laughs> Cam's a fan of the Ram trucks. It's okay. okay. It's a, <laughs> I like trucks. Really likes those. Yeah. I do too. But they they just don't. There's something about, you know, you can't get a Ram truck with a supercharger popping out of the hood like that. <laughs> sure. Big old blower. See? Look, they're fighting. Oh, no. That's Jason Statham. Never yeah. mind. Oh, Jason Statham's fighting who? Rock. Something that's, I don't think that's The Rock. Yeah, it's it is. Rock. Is that The Rock? Yeah, Why is he so rock, brown? Yeah. Well, he's... They're pretending he's black? He's got baby oil on and... So uh, is? <laughs> Jason Statham, I would, I would have to pull him aside and go, hey, run. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Run. Run the <laughs> other way. But he... He fights, right? Yeah. He, He's got a martial arts background, oh, for okay. sure. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Jason Statham can fight, for sure, but uh, still run. Hey, look at that. The Rock's fucking... Look at that handsome bastard. Jesus Christ. <laughs> look at the features on that guy. Like young Clint Eastwood. Fuck you. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> Give me the high cheekbones. a handsome <laughs> fella. I don't understand why he's so upset. He's angry. A lot of those Hollywood guys are angry. I don't know why. It's like a... Oh... So um, what's next for you? Like, what do you what do you got going on after this? Yeah, you Anything know, no, scheduled? I, I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm gonna take some time off. I'm gonna I'm gonna see my father and, and bow hunt. Uh, come on, son. I'm gonna get coming to Hawaii. Get, uh, Hawaii or something. If you come to Hawaii, Cam will go to Hawaii. Come he's on, well, he's get him. Bring he's gonna the go girlfriend. He's gonna go kill bears. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm not gonna do that. Don't say that in life. Oh. Oh, oh, is that what he's, he's, I'm sorry. Hollywood. He's not. <laughs> I, I meant he's not going to yeah. kill bears under any circumstance. <laughs> what he's going to do is shoot over their head and then take a picture of it. So right. I, no, he's going to try to bitch. scare them off so I can't kill them. Oh, right? Nice. And yeah. let them know where the moose babies are. Right. All yeah. those cunty little I'll moose babies that you love to eat. <laughs> go get them. Go get them, nice, sweet, friendly bear. Cunty go eat those babies. bear, those <laughs> babies, funny. those moose babies. You don't yeah. need moose. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Would you not hunt bear because of the blowback? It, look, uh, hunting anything, I'll eat. You know, I never say never. Uh, but um, I eat bear. Yeah, you can eat bear. Yeah. Bear sausage is good, sure. man. I'm telling you, like black bear in particular. Yeah, I bet. I, people I, say it doesn't no, taste I, good. I, does. We, hey, we we have you some, shoot it. You you eat it so, up there I mean, with the with the rivets. We have some amazing bear meat. Yeah. dishes. I mean. Dude. It's just the. It's like you'd think it was the best steak ever. I well, bet. the stir fry that Jen makes. Yeah. that that so stir fry is amazing. Yeah, sausages. I have a bear summer sausage that's amazing. Bear regular sausage, uh, Italian sweet sausage. Yeah. bear. It's fucking good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet. And people just are. You know, they're not buying it. Look at them. <laughs> no, I'm. No, he's like, I'm not shooting a bear, bitch. <laughs> That's that's wait till this the goes. The publicist wait, losing her mind somewhere. Wait till. So? That's why we didn't wait let till her we're in. off air. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wait till we're off air. Yeah, um, but is that why? Because you would hunt anything to eat, and you wouldn't hunt that because you wouldn't eat it. Well, no, I just I never had bear. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's you know I'll have some your bear sausage, and okay. I'll say shit. I'll give you some for right. real. It really yeah. is good, man. And it's um the the thing is, it's also an important tool for conservation because they really do need to keep those populations yeah, down, especially sure. in yeah. Alberta. Yeah, tons of bear up there. People think that, like, I go outside, I don't see any bear. Bear populations are so diminished because yeah. you're not where they are. If that's, you go where they are, they're goddamn everywhere. That's what I said. I go, yeah, you're not going to see a grizzly at Starbucks, but, you know, <laughs> hey, go up to Alaska, you're going to see plenty, and well, they need Jamie, to be managed. Jamie played that video of that guy mm. that's sitting, he's a photographer, and he's uh, by a river, yeah. take, and the bear, the bear wanders up to him, yeah, yeah. and then they pan out to the rest of the river, and you see, like, a dozen grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah. Wandering through this river, jacking all these salmon. Yeah. That, yeah. First of all, what the fuck? Yeah. You imagine you're sitting there, this thing just pulls up within 15 feet of you. 
Like yeah. th- you are only alive because it chooses not to eat you because it's got a belly full of salmon. So this guy is sitting there. This bear just he has to chase it off. He has to yell at it. Oh I mean, it's my god! Feet away from him and easily a thousand pounds. It's an enormous bear, right? Yeah. And if it if and look it, at that, right? If it all decides to, to kill you, I mean, it's not like you can look at a bear and tell. It's not like a dog with a wagging tail. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. That bear could think, uh, I just don't feel like killing you. Next time, okay, yeah, I'll kill you. I mean, there's, there's no difference. Our big bear family, best buddies. Yeah. People see, people, people see this stuff yeah. and they think, you know. Bears are our friends. Yeah. Well, that's that one look guy at, who got, it was the bear guy who got up there, who was, who was trying up man. there, right? Yeah. The grizzly man. And he Timothy Treadwell. He finally got Treadway. it. Treadway. Right? Yeah, Timothy Treadwell. Did you ever see that documentary? The grizzly man? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Amazing. Yeah. Anybody yeah. listening to this who hasn't seen it, yeah. this is what you do. You smoke some of that devil's cabbage, <laughs> and you sit in front of the old Netflix, and you watch Grizzly Man, because it is a goddamn unintentional comedy. <laughs> yeah. Unintentional. It really right. is. It's an unintentional comedy. There's so many yeah. comedic beats in that movie. I was supposed to interview Werner Herzog. He was on a, a tour last uh, summer, and his past didn't work out, and we, didn't, we never wound up doing the podcast together, but that was the first thing I was going to ask him. I was yeah. like, come on, did you intentionally put comedic beats into that movie? Because there's this one part where like there's a sheriff. He goes, I thought he was retarded. <laughs> like, I remember guy. that. I thought he I was, was retarded. in the theater falling down laughing. Yeah. Like, ah! He thought he was retarded because after the guy got eaten by the bear. Because he was yeah. up there like way All past when you're supposed to be up there, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was out there past. He was friends. Yeah, they were friends. Yeah. yeah. There's one scene. This is Mrs. Chocolate. Oh, this is her poop. It's right here. This came out of her butt. And he's oh like my picking it up. God. He's like, it's still warm. Yeah. It's still warm because it was inside of and, her. And, and that's just a good example of you, the bear might not kill you just because they don't feel like it. Yeah. But when they feel like it, it's over. Yeah, it's yeah. over, I bitch. mean, Oh, man. <laughs> not a goddamn thing you're going to do about no. that. Not a goddamn thing. No, they're, yeah. they're a wild animal. It's just like it's even the bears that we hunt up in Alberta. I mean, you don't know. I mean, they could decide they're wild animals at any at – any, there's all different kinds. There's aggressive bears. There's shy bears. There's bears that you can't really get a read on. But it's just like a dog. Sure. I mean, you don't know. There's <clears throat> they're good and bad bears, so it's just yeah. the wrong one. Yeah, they're like all animals have different personalities. Yeah. Like cats, dogs, yeah. domestic animals have weird personalities. Wild just, animals do too. It's just most of them can't kill you, but yeah. bears can. So, all I mean, of them that's, can. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. So – you're not interested in that. What about eagles? You ever interested in cooking up an eagle? <laughs> oh, some eagle eagles balls. on a spit. Give me some ro- eagle balls. Rotisserie Ooh, yeah. eagle. <laughs> Nothing like a pair of eagle balls. Do eagles have balls? I know that they're male and female, but do they have testicles? Look that up. <laughs> this is- That's important. That's important. <laughs> is there a bucket list hunt that you'd like to go on, like maybe in an elk hunt in the Rocky yeah. Mountains? Yeah, that'd be, yeah. That'd be, that'd be I'd awesome, I'd huh? Tag along and... Uh, do one of those if I can. Yeah, there's, um, well, you know, if you ever do get to Australia, like, they have stag over there yeah. that are a lot like like elk, elk. and they roar. You ever heard them roar? Oh, uh-uh. dude, they sound like a lion. It's like, have you you've heard it in real life? No, I Stag haven't. roars? No. They're like, yeah. they, they roar. It's cr- it's a crazy sound. Jamie will find it for us. We've, we've had some good elk hunts, so yeah. Joe and I. We have. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, an elk back there, I'll show you, in the back that we got just uh, this past fall. Huge thing, yeah! Oh my god, it was so a, awesome! A massive, I, massive animal. And I've got food back there. If you want some, you want some elk? I'll bring, give you some. Take sure. it with you. Hell yeah! Because you're headed back tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. Good. After Conan, we gotta go do that. Is that a stag? No, no it's a rocky out and elk bugling. We've heard that before. But go see a red stag roar. Try uh, Google red. There, st- yeah, go. there it is. Yeah, listen to this thing. It's crazy. 
Look at his face, first of all. Look at those goddamn antlers. Guaranteed. Listen to it. That's high fans. Here it goes. What? Look at his dick. Yeah, he's Just horny. flopping. Yeah, he's horny, you think? Yeah. Look at that rocket. <laughs> the big old red lipstick rocket. Imagine hey. if men did that, ladies. You're so lucky. Is he bringing in the f- female? But are they trying to? He's trying to call him. Yeah. Yeah. See that quartering too? My yeah. my Hoyt Turbo would pound right through that shoulder. Ooh. We'd take that shot. Would you take that shot? Now where would yeah, you go? Right through the shoulder. Yeah. Right here. Point to the spot. Right there. Just right through it. Yeah, it would go right through it. Cam's shooting the most ridiculously powerful setup. We were practicing today, and it's just so evident that these heavy arrows, so much momentum. You're at 687 grains. Is that what that is? Yep, yep. Which is, by the way, you know, we were talking grams before, and we meant to say grains, and then we're converting grams to marijuana and calculations just don't mix. We were doing this a long time ago on a podcast, and then I was driving home, and I was like, Jesus Christ, do we say grams when I meant grains? And then we were trying to figure out how many grams were in an ounce, and they were d- d- determining that it was a pound. Like, four, 500 grams is like a pound. Okay. And I'm like, but an arrow's not a pound. Like, whatever. And we just kept talking about something else. And then it took me a while to, like, figure it out. It's like saying I was reading yeah. a podcast. You yeah. Know? But um, his setup is just preposterous. It's uh, yeah. unbelievable horsepower. <sighs> Today, man. Yeah, shooting good, hitting Turbo hard. 80, that thing's pretty cool. No, but if, it's if not you're 80. Ever... Right? No, no, no. It can't be 80. It's not possible. That's, we'll talk later. That, we'll talk later. That's a trade secret. Engineers. Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you told me. Oh, okay, yeah. We'll talk later. But yeah, we have a, our buddy Adam that we were talking about before that lives in Australia. And when Cam goes over there, you're going to be hunting stag yeah. over there, right? Yeah, stag, buffalo, and fallow. And stag's just like an elk. I mean, it's essentially a real similar animal. A little smaller. Yeah, but it's, I mean, that, it's that right there. Mm. Buffalo, though. The buffalo. Mm-hmm. Here's a video of him over there hunting a water buffalo from 40 yards, and he's creeping up. See if you find that video. It's one did of my ever, favorites. Did you ever read that book, The Last American Buffalo? Ronella's book. Yeah. You know, I've read part of it. I haven't finished it, but I, I, I started it, and then I put it down, and I never went back to it. As you get, it, it's sort of the first half is a little funky. It's clunky. It's, but the, the Shitty writing? Half, is that what you're saying? I'll call Steve right now. <laughs> you I know, did not say that. kid, since <laughs> you're a cunt. <laughs> hey, he was talking no, no, all no, kinds I, of shit about what it. I, what I mean is, it, you know, it, it, the later <laughs> That's half, how I, get I really enjoyed <laughs> He, he really likes enjoy. to talk about drinking jizz. I'll tell uh, you that. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't shut he up. He brought it back. He, yeah, he wouldn't shut up about that. I drank some elk jizz. We had moved on. He insisted on... <laughs> <laughs> he said something about Vin Diesel's sunglasses. It was one time. One time. He doesn't like LA. He lives in San Diego. And so yeah. he, this is Cam sneaking up on this water buffalo. And every time it picks up its eyes or it might have caught movement, he has to pause. Yeah. So this is like a ridiculously slow... Trek. I think I'm. I'm. I think it's still a little bit before I shoot. Yeah. Oh it wait, is. no, no, no. It's getting closer. So I got my rangefinder there, so I can quickly get it because I'm getting closer every time. Cam, what do you think about rangefinding binos? Stop. Head up. Don't move. Don't move at all. If okay. it's coming at you, do you hide behind that little tree? What do you do? 
I just wrestle it down. Oh, like a man. <laughs> stab stab it. Grab it rock and give it what yeah. it needs. What the, the you guy you had on your podcast? So yeah, you take down a wolf. What was that guy? Oh, Dan Pena. Dan Pena. Yeah. yeah, he would just stab it in the dick over and over again. <laughs> stab it right in the dick. So he's uh, creeping up. Ken, what are your thoughts on range finding binos? Do you ever use those? I don't have any. Would you? I mean, like I know, like there's some companies that make some that bow hunters use, like Leica. Leica has one that yeah. apparently has a button on the right hand side, so yeah. you can range and shoot with one hand. This is Adam. I don't I'm know what saw, he's what saw he's filming. <laughs> Mate, that chipmunk would be a trophy. Here's here's some here's a good uh, illustration of having I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to promote here, but a hard hitting arrow because if you watch when I shoot this buffalo, the arrow arcs up and actually hits the branch and ricochets and still kills that buffalo. Wow! Watch this. It's gonna hit. I think it's this right here. It's going to ricochet off that and still kill this big bastard. Wow. Uh, it's sort of de- deceptive here. How many yards are you out? It's going to be oh, like 40. Yeah, it looks like it's like 10 feet in front of him, right? Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can it's because it's fucking huge. Should I skip ahead a little bit? Big. Yeah. yeah, skip yeah. ahead a, little, a wee bit, lad. <laughs> okay, might. back up. Back up because it looks like you already shot it. Yeah, back up. Back up. Oh, yeah, yeah, back up. Great. Like, here it is. Okay, watch this. See that? Oh, it, it kind of touched it almost. It hit just that. barely grazed it. Yeah, but it, it affected the flight, but still went and pound, pounded in here. And uh, that's right where you want to. That's right into the heart. That's where their heart is. Do you think you would have got more penetration if it didn't graze that branch? Oh yeah, for sure. But still, that was a ninety-pound bow. Yeah, and it's going in six inches deep into the heart. Yeah, probably more than that because those are. I mean, that shoulder is right. I mean, it's it's in probably eighteen inches. And that but, thing yeah. is like, what just happened? No, to it doesn't me? know. It just it runs into that thing. Now, what's really crazy is that Cam was saying that he chewed a piece of meat from that animal. It was so tough and so strong. You chewed it for a whole half hour, yeah. one piece. Yeah, yeah, it was like shoe leather. Because that this is an old bull. It's a I tank. Mean, these things are, you know, I don't know, eighteen hundred pounds. So you have to shoot. You have to shoot heavy stuff. So do you think you're going to be doing that from now on? You're going to be going to a heavier arrow or in the range, maybe? We'll see. Possibility? We'll see. See how this week or this uh, this trip works? Yeah. Yeah. So how do we get you out? Scott, what do we do? How do we get you out there bow hunting with Cam? What's the animal? I'll I'll go on an elk hunt for sure. An elk hunt? I'll go on a deer hunt with you in Maui or wherever wherever you're going in Hawaii, Lanai. Cam? Let's do it. Get Under slow. Armour on board. We're all we're all wear the clothes and Springfield smile. utility board. Could you fire me today immediately, just, please? Just quit. You got to quit. <laughs> they don't know you're. They don't know you're probably here. I'm at work right now. You're at work yeah. right now. Yeah. Just punching yeah. in. Oh, you're screwed. <laughs> Let's do is a couple of tweets to help help the power business. Yeah. So we should yeah. do that though, right? Yeah. We should all do that. We'll be fun for sure. All right. Well, um, Fast and Furious Eight. It's at April eighteenth. Is the premiere? 14th. Is that what it is? 14th? April fourteenth. Fourteenth. April fourteenth. I'm is in the charge premiere. of that. Listen, brother. It's Friday. It was really fucking cool hey. talking to you, man. I really pleasure. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Definitely. Cam, always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, we're gonna go run, and I'm gonna cry. So uh, <laughs> enjoy Conan. You can watch Scott tonight. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast, and thank you to our sponsors. Thanks to Caveman Coffee. Go to CavemanCoffeeCO.com. Use the code word. Word? Huh? Use the code word ROGAN and save 10% off of any of their awesome products. 
And thank you to ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan and you can post jobs for free. Try it out. Go to ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. Thank you also to Onnit. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. And thank you to Blue Apron. Yummy and delicious food. It is easy to cook and make delicious dishes with the, the service provided by Blue Apron. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com forward slash Rogan. That's blueapron.com forward slash Rogan. Seriously, delicious, delicious food. And uh, it is really easy to do. You can do it. I do it. You do it. Do it. Do it, bitch. All right, that's it. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with my friend, Dr. Roddy McGee. He is the stem cell expert that I've talked about many times in the podcast. We're going to talk about um, some really exciting new uh, stem cell research that's being done. All sorts of new crazy shit they're doing. They're actually regenerating disc tissue. Like people who have like herniated discs and bulging discs and disc degeneration. They are now figuring out a way to shoot stem cells into your discs and uh, regenerate disc tissue. It's crazy. It's just one of many things, but Dr. McGee is super knowledgeable and really interesting, and I think he's going to answer a lot of questions that a lot of people have about uh, that technology and that that um, the, the medical breakthroughs that are being done. So that'll be tomorrow. Okay. And uh, other than that, bye. That's it. Go Look, whatever you're doing, just go do something else now. This, this podcast's over. Much love.